Going now. All right, we're good. Has this ever happened to Joe Rogan? Like, yeah. like 30 minutes? <laughs> Dude, 100. No, actually, he just did a. Um, all right, I'm putting my headset on. He just used the, ma the Mac. Like you know the, how he started? You know the origins of. Yeah, they remember the photo booth on Macs? They used photo booths? Yeah. Wow. They're like, if you look on YouTube and see JRE number one, it's like that photo booth on the Mac. Yeah. And it's like fishes in the background with his friend Brian. That's so funny. Yeah. With Brian Cal? Uh, Red Band. Oh, Red Band. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really funny. Wait, I can't hear you, Will. Can you? Can you hear Will? Really? Yeah. Wait, Will. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think I can hear him. I can. Maybe hear I can. Yeah, I can hear him through my headset. Oh, uh, I can. Turn Do you want me to turn you up, that? Matt? Uh, you're you're pretty far down. Do you want here? Well, no, 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 check, check, check. Oh. Check, 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 check. Oh, yeah, channel four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Talk, well. Check, 40th Street check. How's it? I mean, I can see that it's coming now, in. Now I can hear you. Yeah. Better. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're fine on the... Oh, you're just for you? Yeah. Well, another <laughs> technical... Like, in my, in my yeah, headset. In your ears. I can hear okay. Not at all? Or, like, decently well? When it's you get not. closer. Let me just try to figure this shit out. Oh. Uh oh. How's this? Oh, that's much better. Oh, that's, oh, that's way, way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way I better. had it turned off. It was off axis. That's funny, man, because there's this like audio effect you can apply in Ableton that has the mic off axis, and I didn't realize how much that made a difference. Um. <laughs> how wet? Do we, do we need a towel? <laughs> So this is, we've got we caught all of this. Yeah, right? yeah, we have, I hope we have that. On that. Uh, fuck, dude! Now it's like railing. I might have to unplug this. <laughs> Test. Test. Oh. Check. Yep. Still. We're we're golden now. We're good. all right. I love it. We uh we cut out there because I spilled a beer, <laughs> partly on the computer. Yeah, on the computer that's logging all the, the <laughs> But it seems to have fixed itself with this paper towel and some of the beer going in my lap. That that's how I broke my first computer. I spilled an entire water bottle on it. I felt really stupid. <laughs> uh, like it, my first thought in my head was like, if life had, if you had like three redos in life, th this that would be, be that. My I would use one for that. I've yet to do that, but I like at my desk at work. I'll have like four coffees, like yeah. half drink can, like open cans, uh, and whenever I have spilled any of it, it like never gets on the electronics somehow. I do like no tall glasses, only like short stubby ones next to the computer. Otherwise, I'm a liability. That's clever. Might um, put them in that pocket. Thanks, man. But we're back with our roommate Will on 40th Street. It's been a while since Will was our guest. Uh, he helped yeah. us set up our audio visual this this episode, so we'll have a blooper segment of the beginning. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> Happier to be here. Um, yeah, that was back in October or something like that. I think the first episode with Will. That's right. Yeah. Um, what did we talk about back then? Do you remember? I don't. I remember we talked about what was it like. Something about presidents and like yeah. sex I, I with their some something? No. Oh, oh, it was that that uh interview about Obama's former lover. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, was yeah, basically yeah. saying that he had like you know, weak 
game, but she said it very nicely. She said it was very loving, but not like experimental. And so, yeah, I think the it was basically Obama was like a missionary king. Oh, right. But very right. gentle. Yeah. He also must have picked his women for that, huh? I actually saw this thing on... <laughs> for what? <laughs> for like describing him in that manner, you know? Oh, I think it was... You think he put her forward as like a uh, liaison? No, you know, he was selective about the chicks he was with. So he he knew like, oh, yeah, if he, you know, this woman brags to her friends, you know, say... I'm gentle or something like that. <laughs> That's a good excuse for like some virgin to be like, no, I want to run for president one day. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to have sex with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just saw the latest conspiracy theory I haven't dug into, but I, I, it sparked my, it got the, you know, the light bulb to go off. Have you ever seen a picture of pregnant Michelle Obama? Mm. <laughs> all right oh whoa okay, okay. <laughs> i have not <laughs> this uh, yeah that's sounds like it has some implications i haven't are there there are none no one can find any of them that's and she's had crazy. two two kids i think right uh, yeah malia yeah. and sarah my friend some of my friends went to high school with malia and she would uh she was a bit of a party animal from what i heard in dc yeah in dc oh yeah she she was in high school when her dad was president that's right which is a nightmare Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's so what do you make of that uh well, absence I th- I of think, pictures? I think the leading theory is Michelle Obama might be like a man. Yeah, I've heard that. I mean have you seen her delts? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you like look at her back it's, yeah, it's like the back of like a dude like jacked. Unbelievable muscular like capped shoulders. It's yeah. crazy. Huh. Which that means if she won president, we still wouldn't have had a female. So. <laughs> Uh, it's probably a good bipartisan way to get elected. <laughs> Not trans, but actually a dude just looks kind of chick. <laughs> I don't know. This, I don't know if I want to touch this. <laughs> Have you? Did you hear the recent one about Epstein wanting his head and, and penis frozen? There are like several Clinton affiliates who want their head and penis frozen. The penis one's bizarre. Yeah. Why? I think that after they die. Yeah. Uh, it was so- that one. Wait, they're both blinking. Oh, that that might be a feature, not a bug. Whatever. Yeah, I'll just ignore it. Yeah. I think the idea is basically that it's just going to be really hard to like recreate a brain and penis, but you can have like a bionic arm. <laughs> you know. Is that just because they're not working on penises at the moment? I think just the nervous system might be harder to like figure out, you know? Right. But wouldn't you lose all your... A dick should be easy, though. It's just a sponge that gets blood like. Yeah, but I think the kinds of like... Maybe the kinds of, of nerves are so huh. particular that Epstein is afraid they won't... That he'll just be a, a dickless head. Well, what's the closest... Animal kingdom penis to the human penis. If oh, that's you, a like, good point. They, Graft they, they pick hard call- humans sometimes or whatever. <laughs> okay, one second. Uh, I know pigs enjoy sex. I know dolphins do. What penis is most like the humans, though? Yeah, that's yeah. more what I'm getting at. Probably a chimp. Yeah, probably. Huh. It's, it's probably that's crazy. Slides though. of this or something. Are we all good? I think so. I mean, S- someone's tried a penis transplant with it, 
with an animal. <laughs> I don't know of any. I, I, dang it, I should have the... They the, might have tried to add an animal's penis to their already... Oh, do a dual deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penis transplant. There's going to be a human head transplant that was uh, in China, but then the UN stopped it. How like would, a day how before. How would that even be possible? How do you preserve... It's got to be really quick. Really? Is there, there's know. a few like spinal nerves that like, would have to get like connected instantly. I yeah. guess the question is, how long is a head still survivable after it's severed? from the body i can't imagine very long no i think you would probably hook it up to an iv and then you would have blood running through it hmm. for a little while or so you might like cut open segments of it so you could like hook up the plumbing to keep the parts that you need like nutrients going to and then you kind of chop it and then Wait. slide it over. yeah yeah i think that's right because there are only two you only have to get two spots just the head or the entire nervous system? like J- The brain, too. Okay. Yeah. So they put someone else's head on someone else's shoulders. They were going to. They didn't get to. <laughs> yeah, how would... Well, the, what would the spot, like... Yeah, I don't know. If you're maybe just paralyzed. Just, I can't you, imagine that you would be able to, like, get, hook up the spinal it, cord. This... The not, the, in 44, Nazi doctors have had to have tried this. And, you know what I mean? And it just didn't work. Yeah. I wonder. They didn't have. Uh, I guess that was a long time. They ago, didn't have the tools though. They like they would have done like did it. Well, yeah, they would have just chop. They probably would have blown it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <then> just splattered. <laughs> <laughs> Anesthesia. That's like, uh, hard day of work, guys. We can't uh, reattach the head. Fifty heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Wait, Will, did you listen to our last podcast episode? No, I'm not an avid listener. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I, don't really I, I, was, to I was just wondering because we spoke about Plato's The Cave, Allegory of the Cave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty unfamiliar. I mean, I know the basic setup, but... Uh, Aren't you reading the Republic right now? Or I'm reading you? the Republic. I haven't gotten to... Is that... I don't even know if that's the text that contains the cave. Yeah, yeah I haven't it, gotten there. It's, it's book seven. He just finished building the state. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public of Plato. Um, okay, dang, I was going to ask you if you had any thoughts on that specific story. On that specific you, allegory? If you got to it already. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can speak on it right now. I'm sorry. Why don't you give me your takes and then we can... Uh, yeah, so basically the whole Republic is, uh, you know, they're, what they're trying to do is create the like utopian society, sure. right? It's like the thought experiment of the whole thing. Yeah. And the allegory of the cave is a way to set up the problem of the solution to create this utopia that Socrates like uh, presents to uh, what's his name Glaucon or whatever. Yeah. Um, is you would have three kind of tenets. You would have the abolition of the family is like one of them. Um, and then you would have the equality of women as the second. So those are pretty like straightforward as far as like what it would look like if you did that. Yeah. Or not what it would look like, but how, like what structures are being taken care of. Uh, and then the third one, though, is either philosopher kings or kings that become philosophers. And the allegory of the cave is to sort of explain how that problem, like metaphorically, is kind of solved where, you know, how does one seek enlightenment when 
this idea of whatever reality is is sort of based on these like social constructs that were created before you're even born type deal Mm -hmm. so how do you even exist outside of the cave um to be enlightened uh when it's not necessarily clear like uh what like real even is like what's this like what is justice like what is truth what mm-hmm. is you know good or yeah th- th- that's the big thing socrates kind of starts for is like the search for the good which in the allegory would be like the search and the ascension out of the cave and like meeting the sunlight type deal i don't know if you read that in in college or high school either but. yeah no i mean I, i'm familiar with like the uh, the shackled um people in the cave for viewing that like basically puppets that are being cast onto the wall of the cave and then some might break free from the, right. the that illusion and then ascend to the sunlight and then it was usually put forward as basically how does that person proceed do they go back and rescue people from the yeah. cave um which i think probably not yeah so that's the one of the scenarios that plato or sorry socrates in it sort of presents is like okay once you read and reach enlightenment what do you even do do you like stay up there and sort of you're you're an outcast from those people that are in the chains down there or like what would be the manner at which you would approach basically like awaking other people to their state and the yeah yeah i think i think i'm basically of the opinion that people can uh people have to do it for themselves because you try like I've shown, I've had experiences where I've shown people ideas that would maybe qualify as some type of ascension, mm-hmm. but then the because it wasn't discovered, because it wasn't um, born of like personal discovery, people tend to just become dogmatic about whatever that revelation was. Yeah. So I think there's really no you can ape ascension, right? Um, but unless you're actually the one to to make the climb out of the cave, then you can, then it's not really, um, yeah. it's not even useful for, for those people to, uh, hold those ideas. Right. Yeah. There's something about someone individually discovering, uh, something that convinces them of the idea more, even though if the way they discovered it was actually just kind of like still some form of manipulation from an external source. Exactly, right. Because the, I mean, the difficult part, why it's such a, why it's such an accomplishment to leave the cave is because it is uh, painful and you become ostracized. Whereas if people are shown um, to enlightenment, then they are, you can't know whether or not it was actually just another form of, uh, of conformity, which is basically the same thing as still being in the cave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, enlightenment sort of assumes, like, a minority perspective in some ways. Yeah, I mean, like, the higher type is definitely a minority. And I think that's reflected in his, like, formulation of the rulers versus the auxiliaries. Like, you definitely get a sense of a uh, thinning out as you ascend the, like, three um, strata. The three strata. What are those? The craftsmen, the auxiliaries that are the... um, uh, basically the uh, the soldiers and then the rulers the f- philosopher kings mm. like that those are the three strata of the platonic uh, republic gotcha and it's uh, yeah yeah so the bottom one the sorry what was it called the craftsman i mean it's basically the the 
proletariat. Yeah, that's crazy, though, because he even puts it in a way where it's almost like they have some function. Where I feel like nowadays, a lot of people would like almost not even call that class the crafts, craftsman, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a craft. When people say I'm pursuing my craft, it's generally like a patrician. It would be like acting yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Like, like uh, yeah, like doing roofing isn't really like my craft. Right. No, but people he's like, would, yeah, like there's people who aren't even craftsmen is, I guess, what I'm thinking, you know? Are you talking about like retail workers? I mean, like at this point in society, you know, there's just people who don't even like pursue a craft and like exist. Oh, which was probably the same back then, but he didn't even acknowledge it, you know? I wonder, I wonder, because you can, you can get away with not having, like, any mentor or any, like, apprenticeship, basically, and still, and still exist in the workforce. Um, like, yeah, you can, you can exist without pursuing a, a craft in the sense that you're not, like, it's something, it's not your life's work. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't have a life's, like, a station in life, basically. Right. Yeah, so what class would that be, though? Right now? Yeah. Like, the craftsman? Right, yeah. I guess what is the craftsman of today? That's what I'm trying to wonder. Is that a tradesperson or is that yeah, just the yeah, normal yeah. white collar worker? Yeah, I think probably. Probably the white collar worker. I think that like I would probably be grouped in in that um, stratum. Mm -hmm. Which is doesn't make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that's i think that's right yeah wait what was the one above it auxiliaries that's like the uh that's where like uh, a lot of the eugenics that uh plato argues for takes place is within the auxiliary uh done by the rulers would that be like academic people or journalists in or his shit? formulation it's people who under undergo so maybe it's people who undergo a, an advanced level of education and act as the the soldiers um, and I guess the nobility, but they're, they're not nobility in the sense that they have like a lot of earthly comforts. They're just kind of, uh, they're like not allowed to have uh, private property mm. and they don't know their, ch who their children are. Okay. Um, but they are the more educated. They've gone through a more ri rigorous education. Right. So they're, that sounds kind of like the academic elite in a lot of ways. Yeah, which maybe maybe that's more appropriate. Like we've all gone through secondary education. Yeah. So maybe that's us. Right. Yeah. Hierarchies haven't changed much, huh? No. Other than we don't have the <laughs> well, We don't have it. It's not delineated like the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. They're not it's nothing's like hereditary anymore. Yeah. Or maybe they are. Just don't know. Well, he was kind of revolutionary in that he thought that like people should be able to ascend um, the classes uh, based on like what you know if they're like of good stock essentially, mm -hmm. um, which I think was probably more egalitarian than a lot of contemporaries. Right. But something else. So something else about the cave is like he talks a lot about censorship, like censoring in education evil. Or like people acting poorly, um, as if that will prevent poor action or evil evil deeds. But then he allows for this idea of ascension out of the cave. So I don't know how maybe he squares that later, but it's like 
if people are able to ascend out of the cage, then wouldn't they also be able to develop the capacity for evil despite their never having encountered it in their education? So you're saying what would be more consistent is if he encountered, or if they basically encountered the ideas of enlightenment if they weren't censored because he's actually promoting... He would be promoting ascension, but maybe this is the point where it's like they are shackled somewhat maybe by their education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that would be like people are only to exit the cave, allowed to exit the cave one way. <laughs> like you can't have a, an escape hatch. Right? Yeah, yeah, because then you, because then you like it's like showing them, you know. Yeah. So yeah, then yeah. it's not true ascension. Hmm. I see. Yeah. The kid, like. Because actually, no, the, the way it goes is, like, he actually presents it in, like, a sequential thing. Like, oh, this is the first step, this is the second step, this is the third step, kind of. Like, you look at the fire, then you sort of, like, or you de-shock yourself, you look at your so the fire, you understand where you are, and then you, you leave. Yeah, it's similar to, uh, like, the Nietzschean progression, which is, like, first you're a, you're a camel, which is, like, bearing the um, weight of, of the uh, morality that you're born into, and then you're a lion, where you like flip the tables and like just basically say, you know, I'm over this. Like you guys are all, these are clearly puppets. This is all dumb. And then the baby uh, is the last part of his, his progression where it's like, then you get to actually create your own. Um, you get to be creative. So a li lion, you're a lion and then you destroy the environment because that's like what the form of the lion's doing. Yeah. But then you're actually like becoming docile once you're free or creative yeah yeah docile maybe not docile but at least creative like i wouldn't call baby docile yeah, yeah i don't think true. he means it that way at <laughs> least yeah uh i guess a lot of those a lot of that those ideas are recycled by different philosophers in some way yeah like some things are basically always green yeah um what else do you guys want to chat about Good recap of last. That was a long time ago. I don't really remember a whole lot from the cave, so yeah, yeah. I was a little uh, mute during that. Yeah, no worries. Why don't you pick the next? Is there anything you want to oh. wrap on? Oh no! I mean, I'm I'm excited about all these things that we got currently today. Let's go through the wait, shark. Wait, wait. Go ahead. No, wait. What were you gonna say? I was gonna suggest that we go through the Shark Tank because it'll be a little less yeah, maybe yeah. intellectual. So the first one. Um, well, how do I life mission fashion friend? No, 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 the first, sorry, D. Yeah, oh. D, D is first. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm just going to roll with it. This is not going to be the best pitch, but I'll tell you about my weekend to start. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I stayed at, like, I wasn't here this past weekend. I was staying at my brother's house um, and watching his dog because they were at Stagecoach, him and his wife. And so he has a nice backyard, astroturf, like warm ground. And uh, sunny day, what, 72 in Southern California, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I know where this is going. <laughs> um, and I was like, shit, man, I got to worship the sun. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is, this is our, the sun is our medicine, vitamin D, right? And right. Uh, I also bought, like, some new underwear. My legs are pretty white. So I was just like, fuck it. Like, it's just me and Mosby. That's my brother's dog's name. Uh, I just, like, put a towel on the AstroTurf and just, like, laid out. No, yeah. no sunscreen, just caught some rays. And then I remembered... 
oh wait there's this thing i saw online that is like <laughs> i think a really good health benefit and so then i just took off my underwear and spread my legs and let my balls get some get some uv yeah yeah you gotta sun the boys yeah you gotta sun the ball wait it's your balls i thought sunning was butthole that's also, I think, yeah. a high this vitamin is, D absorption. This is a different, no, but okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I flipped, I flipped like different every ten minutes of... or so and stretched my ass. Did you spread them? <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, that was that a particular feeling? Dude, it, both both of them like you can't. I don't know. Maybe it's placebo. Like I for sure felt my nuts heat up though. Okay. Like faster than my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which made me even think maybe that's why our nuts are hanging off of us. To get sunlight? Yeah. So, so why why else would it that be? can't be it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like kind of like a solar a solar panel by your legs. <laughs> um, I I yeah, I doubt it. What do you mean? Uh, I want what, what's the other? The, the balls don't want to be warm. Uh, no, but they're good at absorb. Like, okay, so the female reproductive organs; those are inside of us or inside of females. Like, why didn't males evolve to have their reproductive organs inside of them, too? Yeah, it's a safer no, option. Yeah, exactly. But So what if there actually was a secondary function that is reliant on, like, some environmental factor being transmitted through that new appendage in another way that's delivering other benefits, a.k.a. it's getting sunlight, like a little solar panel down there, that's actually making your hormones that are mostly coming from your sperm production more potent? Yeah, but... Now humans, we shave. So do you think now that you're in overdrive because you have no, there's no hair protection or anything? Yeah, we jumped the shark by shaving. Maybe. Yeah, but you still get burnt and like get, sh- you know, or not burnt, but like you get sun through your scalp too. Like it's not yeah. like your hair totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the reason is that the balls are external is for temperature regulation. Right, exactly, because it kills the sperm. Right. Uh, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. In so a less. You you should do the first study on like is this a male birth control like holistic approach to it? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes of sun per day. Yeah, and you turn it off. No way, because you th- well okay. So something to consider maybe is that we used to be quadrupedal, so we were getting we were getting now they're pretty hidden. Like you're not going to get a lot of sun no. at peak UV if you're upright. No. Versus if you're uh, on four legs, like a, if you think about like a lion or a dog, there it kind of comes behind. Yeah, right. But it also it doesn't like it makes sense if it was why it's in the position that it is based on also the the uh, dimensions of the organ. Like your skin there is very fucking thin, so it doesn't take a lot of sunlight <laughs> to like start doing work on that region. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's just heat transfer, you know. Like it's kind of yeah, like yeah. a discrete point mass of flesh. Off of your uh, off of your body, so it's not transferring heat as efficiently with the rest of your body, like your hand. So it's gonna increase its temperature at a rate and like promote the hormone reproduction, like as a function of those things. It must know? sunburn far quicker than yeah. With that, so if you had your balls on your chin, you would basically just like get them fried like right away. Right. Which did you sunburn your balls? Yeah. Did you get a little? Uh, no, no, no. I was. I was like, how many total minutes? Did I was they get? flipping the patty, you know. If it got really hot, I'd turn on my stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, but, but radiation doesn't care about heat. Like if you're if you're getting sunburned, you're gonna. It's like a cumulative dose, right? That's yeah. I think that's right. I think that's false. I'm pretty sure that's right. Because you're just like burning is just the 
like that's why it's called burning. It's like it it's not you, heat. No, because you it's can radiation. get sunburn when you're cold. Sure, but mammoth. Uh, if that's true, then like there wouldn't like there's obviously a dwell time because I could go out in the sun for an hour yeah. and then go back inside, go in for an hour. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So, so like it is some form of uh. dwell under... But that has to do with cellular reproduction. Like the reason, what a sunburn is, like the reason your skin gets hot is because your cells are reproducing because they all got killed by the uh, sun. Okay. So I think it has to, I think it's uh, the refractory period on sunburns has to do with cellular reproduction and not heat. Okay. So you're saying the UVs like killing that reproduction? Um, they just kill the cells, and then your body has to reproduce them. Okay, so if you're basically reproducing them at a time that the UV can't destroy them, then you won't get burned. I think that's right. I think that's why wh when you're talking about dwell time, I think that's why you can, if you dose it out. Then and why you does can... it look physically different, like red? Well, because your skin's heating up. Well, I don't know the red color, but your skin is heating up by virtue of the cellular reproduction just because it's like a uh, exothermic reaction or set of exothermic reactions. I think. I think. I don't want to. I mean, it's hot, so it okay. makes sense. Exothermic. But it yeah. sounds like Wait, that's so probably accurate, but it's more useful to think of actually cooking yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can do Yeah, we can assume that. No, no, position. no. no, no. <laughs> but what are we missing out on if our balls aren't getting sun? Like just vitamin D? total intake like can i, think, I no, maximal, do my arm two times like, more optimal assistance so i don't have to have my balls out <laughs> i don't get to have yeah, your balls get, out. Yeah. No, so think about it like uh your your reproductive system is a system that requires inputs to produce and optimize a specific output right so when you just leave your balls in your pants uh like you're getting the normal bodily internal like reactions to produce your, you know, your hormones or whatever. I don't think it's dependent on sunlight, though. You think? I mean, we used to be mostly naked. Like, if if it, if the human body figured out a way to utilize this extra. Yeah, but we were far hairier. That's that is true. That's a good point. And people wore loincloths too. They did. Oh yeah, for a while. Huh? Do those uh, uncontacted tribes or are they? I feel like they're all naked and. They're yeah. really dark, typically, though, too. So yeah. they have yeah, a lot yeah, of much true. more melanin. I guess, yeah, this try. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, yeah, obviously. Uh, but this new movement of the ball sunning, like, I think... I used has, to do it for hangovers. Wait, really? So your balls get so uncomfortable, your head stops hurting? No, it's a, I, I think it's a comfortable feeling. I guess being out in the sun, you kind it's of It's a nice feeling. Feel you should try it. This is maybe your homework uh, for yeah. the next podcast yeah. is you should try it. It's either that or we enlist, you know, like a sixth grade science fair. Is this illegal? <laughs> You're going to say a sixth grader yeah. to <laughs> do it for us. Um, yeah, I'm going to put my balls in the sun. It's a nice feel. It yeah. is a really nice you feeling. You don't have it to feels... do it very long, like 10 minutes. Right, I'll do 10 minutes on the deck when it's yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to do that in, in Boulder on the roof of my uh, fraternity. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot about um, uh, public nudity laws because I was so afraid that somebody would call me out. But apparently it's uh, just as long as your intent isn't to offend or alarm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you could do it out here. Yeah. As long that as actually ruins my, my product. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, wait, we Bring it back to show it to the product yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's to the product. Let's hear uh, this. 
No, well, just actually to summarize that, because I actually, I feel like we didn't come to an understanding of what was going on with this. Okay. So you think yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that it has, like, the UV isn't actually assisting in, like, that's not why sunning your balls feels good. It's just... I do think it's well because of UV. Oh, yeah. you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I feel like you, you said it was just the heat. No, I thought you were saying it's just the heat. No, oh, I think no. it's good because of the UV. Okay. Oh, so you're saying vitamin agree. D, you're saying UV, or no? So I think those are basically the same. Okay. Well, vitamin D is a hormone. So my, my thesis was what if the UV is assisting in the hormone production? Oh, that's. I think that's right. Okay, yeah, that's what I was at, like asking, essentially. Yeah, I think... But you think on the ball, like, you can't just get your legs double. You need it on the balls. I think based on the design of the balls, it, like, boosts the process because of where those genitals are. high high space high high surface area okay yeah so in like engineering we call it like thermal mass so it has not a lot of thermal mass so it kind of it's very vulnerable to environmental conditions mm. so so like a bucket of water you know a drop of water is less thermal mass than like a bucket of water or something like that you know you put in one jewel and it boils off versus an entire bucket is like Right, I'm right, using right. a heat analogy, but the same, I guess, principle is applying to UV. Okay. I think that's, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> so, well, the now that we settled that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not at all what I thought it was going to be. I'm excited to hear what you thought yeah, it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, I, I think my idea is a little. Because I was comfortable. <laughs> I was comfortable sunning my balls in my brother's backyard where the only person who could have witnessed it was his next door neighbor if they happened to walk out on their balcony, like over their backyard, but that wasn't getting much action that day. Um, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was like, shit, this feels good. I got to start doing it. Oh, shoot, I don't have a backyard. I live on, you know, in Newport Beach. Uh, I I have a beach, though. Oh, fuck, I can't. It's not a new beach. So what do I do? What do I do? Incoming, introducing the ball curtain. So imagine like a mini kind of like camping tent, but it just goes over your genital region and then it down folds like a mirror to reflect all the light from the sun <laughs> to your ball. So it's like that one dude from The Sopranos and all, he opens up the thing. Yeah, but it's under. Balls. Yeah, so the mirror is right under like at the lip of the curtain. So it's just like perfect rays of beauty. Okay. Right into how, how do you stop like you know, magnifying glass with the ant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. That's exactly How do you what not I was thinking. Laser beam a, a hole right through your nuts. Okay, so we're gonna implement it with uh, this new uh, darkening optic technology, where it has a couple sensors in there. Where you know, if it's getting too, you know, too much light is reflecting off it. It'll Sensor sh- automatically in your shut balls? No, no, on the mirror. <laughs> okay. So it'll just like kind of cumulatively measure how much sunlight. How okay. Many, how many photons have bounced off this thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're like, dude, this dude's balls have had. Yeah. Hold on. We're shutting it down. Yeah. How? What Get a, a transitional <laughs> lens. Ooh, I like yeah, the yeah, your ball lens idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that idea. Have, you, have you thought about you know like when your idea when. It's that lens you put over your phone so people can't see it from the side. Ooh, have you oh, thought about that type of or like a apparatus? one-way mirror? No, so that's that's the or curtain. Wait, the curtain. The <laughs> yeah, curtain. Well, one way. <laughs> yeah, one way. A one-way mirror. Right. 
So the way it will be designed geometrically is the curtain is shielding kind of like all the lateral vision to your genital region. The curtain takes um, over what the screen protector will. And and then the the backside of the mirror makes it so you can't see anything like from the front. So the only way you'd be able to see this guy's nuts if you literally walked over him and looked at the mirror where yeah, the yeah, sun yeah, is yeah. shining, which would be kind of obvious. Where is your <laughs> where is your dick in this equation? Are you laying down? It's under the curtain. No, no, but like when you're you, when you're doing so, you're laying on your back. Yeah, and the curtain will have little hanging um, things for your feet, so you get optimal like angle of your spread. <laughs> you're essentially oh, like stirrups? In a, you're in a gynecology <laughs> chair. Yeah, <laughs> stirrups. That's the right word for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're. Oh wow. We're still in the, the conceptual design phase. That's okay. Like, so okay, but there are like mirrors, right, on the to get every because you could really optimize like you could really take advantage of the thermal mass by like reflecting down and under and in. You get all angles, like at the backside. Ooh, you know what I mean? Thought you cut out like a hole of your Tommy Bahama chair. You sit in it. Your nuts dangle down. No one. <laughs> can see that level and then you turn and, and you flip it over no 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 and then up. you use the mirror contraption oh, and that, then you reflect oh, it hat. all the way a really good idea we yeah. might we might use that as our our prototype yeah that's pretty that's pretty yeah genius. like the james bond torture scene chair but with mirrors exactly that yeah yeah. and yeah. then anyone who's laying on their stomach on the sand right. might see it wait well, no no, no they you can't because you got a bowl you're yeah right, you're right so it's Wow, that's a really good idea. It's like a periscope. Yeah, <laughs> that might be used for some fucking like hedonism, though. Like at some point. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like upskirting? Like some. Right. Yeah. Because if you stand, <laughs> it, yeah, I feel like you could get like a mirror. You could get if you could angle it. You could just look at the mirror. But it's enough where it's like at the gym. If you're like looking at some girl. Right. You right. know, you wouldn't. They, she doesn't know. You don't really yeah. get. You know, it's, you're, you're you're definitely like visually encroaching at like. Yeah, at that point, it's like you're at you're really asking for this yeah. show. Yeah. Wait, what were you saying about? It's funny to invert it so that you like it would be like a projection of your balls. <laughs> so they look giant. Well, yeah. So like maybe you have a like funhouse. You balls. know, you can do those like <laughs> optical illusions where you have mirrors and it looks like it's floating. It's like you get the mirror, so it's like a ball sack floating above your head too. <laughs> Just a thought. We just finally mastered yeah. assisted reality technology, <laughs> yeah, and it's just a nutsack yeah, in the yeah. sky. The These f- are the use cases. Dude. Augmented driving inter- innovation. Dude, this is the next big health trend. So you've got to get ahead of the movement. I've I've been seeing on uh, Instagram people buying basically plastic bins and calling them ice baths. Have you seen that? Plastic no. bins. What is this? Bins. Bins. So you dig jump in your trash or, can or stainless That's- steel bins. They're basically making now bins that are the size of what you'd kind of need for like an outdoor ice bath. Okay. And they're becoming like trendy health products that you just buy on the internet online. And the point is for an ice bath. Yeah, because okay. like, you know, Andrew Huberman and these people are like, yeah, take a fucking ice bath, mate. It's good for you, you know? Yeah, that's what Andrew Huberman sounds like. Is he Australian? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking of someone else. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but he also talks about Joe, ice Joe Rogan, yeah. <laughs> Does he really? I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm, into the whole ice bath thing. I think a lot of people who take ice baths couldn't name one benefit. You know what I mean? I think it's the only benefit is mental. It's like, oh, I just did that, something alive. Yeah, it's part of your add a little discomfort to your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Become mentally right. tougher. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, some people say there's like proteins that are released during it, but I don't, I don't know how accurate that is. Probably. I heard a story about like Scandinavian parents would put their, have their children spend nights in the snow. Yeah. Like Russian, they do that in Russia too. They leave the baby outside. I, I think it gets a blanket too, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> No, yeah, that was a real thing, but I don't know why. I know what you're talking about. Wait, I like, don't remember as a why. punishment or like training? <laughs> <laughs> Babies can't do oh, anything. Oh, Sergey, you're crying. <laughs> no, like no, newborns. Like, yeah, like ton- there'd be like tons of. Oh, like, newborns! Like, I thought you meant yeah. like toddler. No, 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 yeah, no. don't be bad. Or you'll... <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I think it's like immune system stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah, something like that, or just makes them more cold resilient. Yeah, you know what they used to say, or. Uh, Native Americans, it's not snow, but if you had a bad sickness, they would bury you underground for like 24 hours. <laughs> okay. With like an air hole? Uh, yeah, I think your head would be above, but the rest of your body is underground. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't imagine how that, what the mechanism of action it's, is it's, there. It's grounding. It's, uh, yeah, I guess they're connecting. It's just ultimate grounding. The healing, yeah, 432 hertz. Yeah. Of the earth. That's a little harder to make a product out of the earth. God, you gotta like imagine like for people to keep doing it, it has to have some benefit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it has to work. The grounding or the The burying people. Yeah. You know? Like the Lindy effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's gotta work or else they would just die out, you know? Or can't be bad for you. Wait, there's still, I don't think they're still doing this, though. Oh, uh, yeah, so maybe it didn't work. <laughs> well, maybe they are in, like, the Amazon. Um, I think the, the, more, the better one is the cold one. I think that probably works better. Like, they've probably been doing that for forever with fucking... Yeah, yeah. I do, do they still do it? Do you I know? think it's rural, but it, I think it's still done. It could be totally debunked by now, and it's one of those, like... Dude, I bet it works. They made it illegal or something. If the babies survive, it's probably good for you. Right, and it makes... Like, it, there's those people who train their bodies to swim in, like, Arctic water for right, hours right. on end, which... To be able to have that resilience physically, like that must be positive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that being can't able, be destructive. Right. Being able to mobilize your energy toward homeostasis, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. effectively, is probably awesome. Right. It's like, uh, it's kind of like Wolverine's superpower, but on steroids in some way. Like self healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, you're yeah. self healing because what thermal extremes are doing is like, they're thermal stresses on your body. So if you're right, right. now less, like you're, you're, the pain you're being inflicted from the thermal stress is less, yeah. you are basically combating that force with a counterforce of like healing. Right, right. Yeah, it's just hermetic, basically, like, um, like hormesis. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be quack. Shit. Uh, but it, it's still done to this day. Okay. But it followed the tuberculo- Whoa. tuberculosis epidemic of 1926 so they were trying to cure the babies it, by i think it's one of those get them acclimated early i don't it's called a tradition now so it might it doesn't seem like it has any medical basis okay oh, i think it probably yeah, does yeah we gotta pretend that this is yeah this i think it good. i'm gonna go ahead and say it does <laughs> this is all yeah like they're they're talking about like 50 celsius weather and there's just strollers with children in them that's 
negative 50 Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, ins- that's crazy. Okay, this one's 14 Fahrenheit. Yeah, and they're just chilling out there. They have blankets, though. Huh. We should radiate their, put them at their balls in the sun yeah, in summer. Yeah, do and a little be a superhuman. off and on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine just Wait. submerging ice set for the Tommy Bahamas? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And then they, we bury them underground. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Exactly. We got to figure out how to do all this at kid's once. kid's unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> What's another big health trend that's underrated? That's underrated? Yeah. Um, I think the sun in general. Is, everybody's so worried about yeah, I told wearing Troy, I'm, I'm, sunscreen. I'm, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I, I, uh, one of my mom's friends had his entire face essentially cut off. That's tough. Um, yeah, he was a big sun guy without yeah. sunscreen in the 70s and 80s. So I'm like, okay. Wait, yeah. Like we just got, how long was he out in the sun without? Well, he I just, had... they, they didn't wear sunscreen back then. And they're all facing like, uh, he, like, yeah, he he's got like half his face has to have been cut off because of like cancer, yeah, and it's yeah, pretty gnarly. It, it's gnarly. So like, I'm a huge sunscreen guy. Yeah. Damn. There are I'm okay with physical sunscreen. Like there there are sunscreens that are physical, like zinc. You're right. And then there are chemical sunscreens that are like like zinc actually provides a bear a physical barrier. Okay. Versus chemical sunscreen, which is like I don't actually know exactly how it works, but the idea is. This chemical sunscreens, like the chemicals actually accumulate in your body, mm. which is not, I don't think it's ideal. So you, like you'll use like a pure zinc. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with so that. So it's just topical. So it's not actually being absorbed. That's the right. difference. Right. Yeah. Our river rafting guy, that was actually his like big diss at one point. I don't know if you remember he, that. He, he, he didn't use sunscreen, but he definitely covered himself oh, from yeah, the no, sun. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. I think that's probably the way to do it. Right. I mean, that's I, what all the people in the desert and like fucking the Middle East do. Yeah. Like they're not just out with, you know, Tommy yeah. Bahama tank or whatever. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty stupid that we like, uh, spend all this time evolving to exist in more Northern latitudes. And then we just are all like, let's go to Cal. I think let's go to California and get skin cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think some people, though, um, how much do you think the chemicals could actually be also causing skin cancer, though? Neutrogena uh, just got discovered. It's like carcinogenic Neutrogena sunscreen. It's carcinogenic. Use it to this day. Damn. <laughs> Tough. Just bought more. <laughs> I would, I'll re-up. Yeah. I'll get you some zinc. I think zinc is how like you, the lifeguards with the white noses. Right, right. I think that's like what zinc sunscreen looks like. Cause it's like completely, I have, which is a great look that should be brought back. I it's, think, by it's the way, it's sexy on the nose. It's great. Uh, full face zinc, less definitely sex. not the Zuckerberg. Yeah, this photo, is, yeah, the, oh, not yeah. sex appeal. He, I wonder if that was. I wonder if he's privy to this if this issue between physical versus chemical sunscreen. Because mm. he's like he had his like. Uh, there's that picture of him with his like camera covered on his laptop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's kind of schooling off of his own uh own wiles or the wiles of the you know lizard people like him trying oh to put yeah chemical sunscreen up. i mean at this at the point that he's at like he has all the resources in the world where he's probably just trying to optimize everything you know? yeah 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 so he i don't know with all this stuff i kind of think um 
some of it that's intuitive why not just like we were talking about the plastic thing yeah yeah like obviously plastic like made from petroleum is like probably not good to be exposed to large doses right over large periods of time which is like most products like you don't need a research movement to to prove that you know what i mean like yeah. like it's like it's do a you want it sense. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there are so many good reasons to not interact with plastic how, how long do you want to live though like at some right. point like what is, what's you don't use plastics versus using it. Like, well, so I think this is the, this is the interesting thing is ever since a lot of these potential carcinogens or toxic products got put into the marketplace and massively adopted, is that basically the reason why a lot of these more uh, modern diseases are so prevalent, like cancer and all these things, is because it's like they're clearly toxic, they're being mass adopted, and no one seems to like really care because they're just like so cheap type deal. Versus in the past, when they didn't have that, it was much more common to live to 90 as long as you lived like just in Past average, a certain yeah, age. Yeah, past a certain age and yeah. lived an average life. Where you just had one pair of nice cotton clothes, and right. you, ate, to 90? you ate whatever local farmed food from your town that you knew exactly where it was coming from. Yeah. The water was from a well that, like, hadn't been fucked with, you know, ever. Uh, like, all the basics were very still pure and not meddled right. with. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, like, the uh, like uncontacted tribes will have um, similar lifespans if you control for, like, death from acute illness. Mm. Huh. So Wait, like, similar lifespans as us? Yeah. Um, so you're saying... Look, if they don't die of yeah. some sort of um, bacterial infection, right. or like a crocodile, <laughs> which is, yeah, <laughs> the, perhaps the worst acute illness <laughs> that one can contract. Arrow in leg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know statistically what's actually like the case with this, but even when people say, oh, we live so much longer now... I always interpret it was because child mortality was so bad that the statistical distribution was like so skew. heavily skewed. I thought they but, accounted for that. Yeah, I think that, I would think they'd control chopping off. The, yeah, I don't know. Uh, something tells me that people lived. I don't know. Uh, life after sixty just kind of looks like it sucks, though. So yeah, I don't really need to. Like, <laughs> my rule has always been like, if I can't jump, let's call it. <laughs> yeah, you always have to have those, um, uh, what's it called? Not milestones. Co Limiting principles. Counterpoint. Baselines. Like oh, that yeah, you're yeah, able yeah. To. I've seen yeah. like the 80 plus club at Mammoth skiing. Those Some boys can't jump probably, but man, they can they put on fun. a pair of skis yeah, and go true. down a mountain. So Yeah, my yeah. dad still plays like tennis. I don't think oh. he can jump so well. Hey, yeah, dude. Some of the so I just got I fucking broke my foot and right. honestly the injury part of it didn't suck that bad. The part that sucks is the recovery. It takes so goddamn long. Right. Like yeah. You're like it's like a month and you're just like why is this still painful and it's not like ah uh, pain. It's just like yeah annoying. weakness. Yeah and weakness. Inability to do the things yeah. that you like to do. Yeah. You gotta get that Toradol shot. Like totally. the NFL yeah. athletes yeah, yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where they get a stem cell shot? They get something they Go get straight into their spine, and then they're they're a god the next day on the field. What? So, <laughs> yeah, like a like an uh, analgesic, like a. I don't know what I it, no, I don't no, think it's they, cortisol. I thought. 
cortisol. No, that's, that's wrong. No, they're they cortico uh, uh, like a corticosteroid. No, maybe? I we do. We got to know this. This is like an obvious. I thought it was called. I thought that it was called Toradol. I don't know. I thought maybe that's just Toradol. like the drug manufacturer of what it was. Toradol sounds like a hormone. I feel like I should know. Whatever. Fuck it. I don't, it didn't matter. Um, but when you're younger and you're like the reason why you're afraid of injuries is because they actually like hurt, yeah, they hurt really bad. Right, right, They're right, painful. Right. Uh, but you heal like in a week. Like, you break an arm. You're like, oh, I That's could true. Yeah, it's a joke. <laughs> throw throw a baseball mm-hmm. right away after. Um, yeah, like the worst part of my when I broke my arm when I was a kid, it was like the day that I broke my arm. It wasn't the I had a pink cast. Everybody was signing it. I didn't. It didn't hurt that bad. It was like yeah, whatever, you know. Right. Okay, wait, Heltran, I, I just thought of one. I keep seeing the mud water advertisements on oh my, my YouTube. It's an anti-caffeine, I it's think. It's like a mushroom there. type deal. Right, mushroom energy, um, natural energy. I'm seeing a lot of that. I think it still has natural caffeine. Does it? Yeah, so that pre-work oh. I take downstairs, <laughs> it has caffeine. Can you get away not. from caffeine? Is caffeine very naturally prevalent? Um, like, what do you mean? Like, what... Is caffeine a naturally occurring? Like, if you eat something in the wild, will it have caffeine? I think in it's it? from pretty rarely. Right, I think is? only a so few it's, things. It's mostly so like it's coffee, like green bean, tea, light leaves. Okay, because it's a. Uh, I mean, it's a poison. Like anything that's, um, it's a defense mechanism. Like you're not. It's so that coffee beans did that, so you won't eat them. So you get spracked and then you die of diarrhea or something. Yeah, you animal? just. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a point because like unless you distill it in a certain way, then you just eat coffee beans. You're gonna feel pretty shitty. Okay, right, and you also it's like a diuretic, and it gets rid of all your yeah all your vitamins stuff. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, it is the most kind of. psychoactive stuff or like anything that we extract to use medicinally. Sorry, I just completely missed that all. No, it's fine. Um, is a defense mechanism of plants right. so that you won't eat a ton of them. Like even spice is a defense mechanism. Ah, like Things aloe vera. being hot is like, like hot peppers is just so you won't eat them. Right. But that's interesting though because fruit is not, that's a reproductive mechanism, right? Yeah, because so like spicy peppers, um, the spice only affects uh, mammals or like primarily affects organisms that are going to destroy their seeds by eating them hmm. doesn't affect birds because birds will just eat the seeds whole mm. along with, and they won't grind them up with their teeth right so does the the bird have like a capsaicin tolerance or does the i just don't i don't think they have they don't have that thermoreceptor it's yeah. a tr trk p3 okay. or something so they, they just don't have okay just never gets to them i see yeah yeah i which is weird that they don't have i guess they're just not worried about eating hot things so whatever why are we worried about eating no because we we were talking about this last time it's because actually it's interacting and the chemical reaction is like causing oh yeah right right it's just it's a mammalian specific um thermoreceptor that capsaicin binds to okay yeah and then that destroys cells again right or no just just hot it causes heat it's yeah it's literally like binding to the receptor that usually is triggered by heat Okay. So there's like menthol is the reverse. It binds to your uh, cold receptors. And then there's like a root in Japan that will bind to your vibration sensor, like tactile receptors. So there's this root that you can eat in Japan that will like make your mouth feel like it's vibrating, mm-hmm. even though it's not. It, can you like rub that on your body? 
<laughs> maybe I got something for us, yeah. boys. <laughs> maybe that's a good question. I think maybe concentrated. Huh. Well, vibration actually probably not because vibration. I think the uh, um, neurons are are deeper in the skin. Mm. Okay. Whereas they're more exposed, maybe in the uh, the mouth, right? In the, yeah, in that like okay. membrane. But going back also to the fruit thing. Yeah. So f- mammals can digest fruit seeds. So no, they don't destroy them though. You poop them out. Right, but that's what you were saying. Like for a pepper, that's is that a fruit? No. Is our stomach, it is a fruit. A, a seed can get through our digestive system and be usable. It can, but we're more likely to destroy Dude, it bunch. in the process I of get it. Yeah, the first step of digestion. And maybe our digestive system will also degrade that those seeds. They're more right, fragile. Like I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, like you can uh, you can definitely pass like. So you're fruit seeds so so system. what you're saying though is does the plant or is the plant I guess aware is not the right word but uh, there's two kind of defense or there's two mechanisms being developed one's a defense mechanism mm-hmm. which is designing like you know if it, if it interacts with the seed it could it could be like a spice or something right or some seeds that aren't they're like you know seeds and fruit they're actually aiding in the plant reproducing to produce more plants does that make sense yeah but the the tree survives yeah but to eat the fruit you have to eat some of the tree is the the thing like that's how the fruit is digested is like the fucking brontosaurus goes up to right it. but the the, <laughs> the tree understands that you know yeah in some capacity yeah, I guess I'm. What I'm saying is, how does the tree make up his mind if it's going to be like this is a fruit which is not toxic, or this is a pepper which is right? I mean, the uh, uh, New Earth creationists have already done that with the giraffe. We don't need to get them onto how the tree <laughs> decided to make the pepper hot or not. <laughs> like they seem like the same kind of thing. One is just defense, and one is passing on its seeds, literally. Yeah, one's a positive. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's encouraging, and the other is, uh, yeah, discouraging. Hmm. But it's. I guess my my what I was trying to get at is, the process in which the animal is doing it is still destructive to the plant because it has to eat the plant in order to ingest both. Yeah, but you, the plant wants to be the plant. Fruits want to be eaten. But the rest of the plant doesn't want to be eaten. Yeah, that's why only the fruit's tasty. Okay. I see. Yeah. So the pepper plant is just like, I don't want to be eaten at all. It does want to be eaten by... Um, birds. Oh, by birds. birds. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Damn it, that's what I got missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The birds are the, uh, the mutual species with the peppers. That's and, right. And we're the mutual species with fucking... With fruit. Bananas with fruit. and avocado. And so now the question is, why do we eat vegetables? We probably shouldn't. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, no, potatoes aren't veggies. Um, tubers, I think, are basically in their own class. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. I thought it was this legume was the name of it. Legumes are beans, which are maybe even the fucking worst things to eat, because you're just eating a seed. Beans are bad to eat? <laughs> I... Troy, you're in love. I am of the opinion that they are probably not good to eat. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read up on this. I think they're I anti. Beans, I think so. they're anti nutrients. Like oh. peanuts or like any seeds, basically. Like Those are nuts, though. It's good nuts or seeds. Okay. Uh, I think it's probably bad to eat a lot of them, even though they're like good fast protein, and they have. I don't know. People are all about like omega threes and polyunsaturated fatty acids, but I think that they're. Uh, it's probably not a good idea to eat to eat uh, seeds just because the seeds don't want to be. Is that all eaten. nuts? All nuts are basically they're seeds. Okay. Stay away from nuts. Yeah, I don't eat any nuts. Unless, unless you're, it's a payday. Unless you're shining them with your mirror under uh, your balls. There you right. go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to bring that full circle. <laughs> um. So what I thought the ball curtain was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was like a, uh, a, a just a fashion, new fashion trend. Like I thought you were... I was watching this video of rich piana do you guys know who rich piana is no yeah he had that bodybuilder had a heart attack yeah he's, he had a, he's dead now he had a jimmer or something i forget what it's called but he um he did this video where he was talking about like the risks of steroids and how they make your uh gonads smaller and uh and his argument was basically what do small balls do they make the dick look bigger so not really such a bad call Maybe to take steroids and die of a heart attack. Right, dude. That's oh. that was actually what my friend used to tell me why I should shave. Same idea. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you get you know mountain without foot foothills. <laughs> but so I thought that the ball curtain was basically going to take that to its extreme, where it's like the biggest dick has no balls. So you oh. you curtain them, and then you get just for, maybe for your lady <laughs> on a special night. Yeah, dude. Actually, you dude. hang it from the. It would be a very ergonomic design where you put a little like band around the shaft and then you hide the hide the boys isn't there a way to kind of tuck your balls in if your legs are together i think you sacrifice performance <laughs> yeah yeah not a lot of mobility in that position yeah. yeah so a ball curtain is a perfect medium right but that's not what it is crazy how that proportionality works out huh like your dick could be the exact same size but you have giant balls like People or you know women, <laughs> preferably women. <laughs> yeah, probably, like, yeah, what the fuck? Why is that not as big as I, it appears? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the mirror. It's total. Yeah, and it's and what's crazy is that actually signals bigger bar- balls would signal more more um, fertility. Yeah, just a more healthy uh, yeah androgen profile. Yeah. Yeah, where the ball curtain isn't a. Uh, it's an external thing. We're not, we're not. I thought it was a cosmetic. Yeah, we're not cosmetically changing our, our nuts. Not yeah. Yet, at least. Not, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that can be. It's like a, a customers frequently buy along right, with this right, product. Right. Um, Troy, is there any uh, thing you. Oh. No, actually. No, I, I, I'm just looking. I could, I could talk about any of these. Well, oh. I'm curious about one. One, two, or one A. One A. Yeah. Oh. I think this is regarding Matt's fashion app as well. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. This is a similar idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a gay friend instead? No, no, no. That's Troy's tech. Okay, I'll, I'll just start That's it. Troy's revolutionary technology. <laughs> so this is this is another product idea. Oh, I, might, I may have shared with you at one point. Um, you sure? Yeah, yeah. I've heard, of, I've heard of this. Yeah, so I was... 
So it goes along the lines of our, what we were just talking about and kind of I awoke into the realization that synthetic clothing like polyester is basically all plastic and you're wearing plastic and that's probably not a good idea to have plastic just like on your skin. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I should probably overhaul my wardrobe. And I was looking online at clothing and mostly looking at cotton and um, linen type shit because that's what people, you know, used to wear before uh, a lot of the, like a lot of the synthetic clothing was made. And I, most of it looked like fucking something Legolas from Lord of the Rings would wake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I can't, tunics. I can't pull this off. Right. You know, like as much as I want to be healthy, there's no way I could wear a tunic to the beach. You know, I, I think it's, I think it could be, I've, I thought about wearing like Druid robes or like a tunic. I, you definitely get some looks, but I think, yeah, everyone would look at you and be like, there's a guy that does mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. But, but anyways, uh, so, I was thinking that like, guy's on acid I, right now. You know? I wish I could get a second opinion on this, like on my purchases, on my shopping cart. There online. must be a better way than there trying must... on tunics for your heterosexual male friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not only from your heterosexual male friends. Imagine just a marketplace full of females who have fun <laughs> shopping for their boyfriends. So why not shop for strangers online? Right. So the fashion friend is. You know, you go to Amazon, you fill up your cart with all your clothes, and then before pressing submit, because there's always those weird articles of clothing you're not really sure you could pull off, or uh, you don't even know if, like, it's some, like, you think it's cool, but do a lot of people think it's cool kind of idea? Yeah. That's why, uh, the, I mean, the tunic's never going to fly under this set <laughs> yeah, of rules. Yeah. <laughs> so you essentially crowdsource the opinion a bit, send it out to a platform where then chicks are on the other end of this database. They are presented with uh, your profile on Fashion Friend. So it's like Troy's face. Maybe he's like a generic photo of kind of what his sense of style is. And then the first item in his cart will pop up and they'll swipe right if they like it or left if they don't, you know, what right, left until they're done with the cart. And then you get that data back to be more confident in your purchases, basically. Why not like a, a filter? It, it puts it on your body like an augmented reality thing. So it's just used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it plops it on you. I think that would be... A an useful issue, like, feature, fit. but probably like more care. Like that'd be definitely harder to implement. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Harlan actually recently implemented this idea for his clothing website. Uh, but it's a stock model it, wearing it, all oh, of them, yeah, yeah. where you try it all on. So you like do NBA create a player of like your stats, <clears> and then it shows what the shirt might look on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, <laughs> your stats. Yeah. I meant like your height. You know, your right. Shirt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the fashion friend. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think, uh, I think my one issue with this is I just think that incentivizing female participation is going to be a, a, a difficult proposition. You, you'd have to let the women pick your clothes. So it would have to be, because remember the app, uh, where you were, you got to be an interior designer called, I don't know. Fuck if I know what it was called, but you, you essentially it was like a game. They gamified oh, it. Oh, you just so it was a push room. Your empty home. So no, no. Mm. Yeah, essentially, like say you take a photo of this room, you can change the color of the curtains, the tablecloth, the flooring, the light fixture, 
and people voted on which room they liked the most after yeah. you submitted it. So it was a whole like gamification. This of, is this is essentially the same thing, just with fashion. Like yeah, but people. you'd have to let the wom- women dress you. Yeah, rather than you, you looking for a pr- cloy being cloying and looking desperately seeking approval for approval versus women. this woman go right. wow this tunic well, looks fantastic on this you, it's yeah. not it's not desperately seeking approval it's crowdsourcing <laughs> opinion it's like Matt's, Sorry, it's like yeah. it's like 40 tunics and this chick's just like does this guy wear any fucking sh- jeans like what like yeah she can always just no 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 yeah no yeah. no, no. comment end, where's like, the denim she's like all right it's no all tunics. tunics i guess we'll start figuring out which tunics the best <laughs> no, the, How about this tunic? Yeah, yeah. The smart male user would probably cl- like diversify. Make, yeah, diversify his cart so he gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that no, but I think that the the when I've had gone shopping with women, they don't want any input from me. They want instead to just have me wait in the dressing room while they bring me things. Ah, and here's another thing. You'd pit, men would be get like pigeonholed. I think instead of like broadening fashion, it would oh, it yeah. would very it become much more tight, and like women would all just you every dude would be a clone. I don't know about that though, because uh, a lot of chicks have different tastes. You know, mm. like some chicks like the skater dude, some chicks like the preppy guy, some chicks like. The well, so then maybe you need bi-directional feedback. So maybe the uh, the woman also has a profile. Oh, so you get to see like she so has it's like, like a, I don't care what this. She's you know, edgy. Exactly. She, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm that, not looking to pick up skater chicks. Right. So the way I thought about solving that, <laughs> you get would like be, eye highlighter because it's like some. Yeah. Rock yeah. Chick. This is what the, the people want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't necessarily say who they are. It would say what they're kind of what they've also upvoted. So you get a sense mm. of like, is this chick just kind of so? Would it be insulting if she picked a tunic for another man? Like it's not oh, just yeah. for you. Like you she can't rock a tunic. <laughs> she thinks every man yeah. can rock a tunic, yeah, not yeah, yeah. just you. Tunics seem to be in for everyone but me. But me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't get the tunic then. <laughs> you wouldn't get the tunic? <laughs> well, so when you first pitched me this idea, my response was, uh, like, uh, it made me think of this Mad Men scene where it's Roger Sterling and Don Draper talking, and Don is, like, having a whiskey, and he's like, Roger, what do women want? And Roger's like, you know, takes a sip of his whiskey, and he's like, who cares? <laughs> and I think that is the best approach. Sure, no, I, it's, I think you're right. You just do whatever your sense of fashion is, and you remain confident in your choices. Because the yeah. confidence is what matters, not necessarily right. what you're rocking. Well, this is more for guys who just kind of don't give a shit, because most guys don't. And it's, like, hopefully going to prevent them from just buying totally beat clothes. Well, maybe there's the issue. Okay. If they don't give a shit, they're not going to give a shit anyway. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know because it would most guys that don't give a shit they still buy clothes they just want it to be efficient yeah so they like, just will be like all right I'll upload this and then it goes to the app and then they're gonna tell me what I should get yeah, but I the dumpy like looking guy like, just buy me a shirt mm. you know then I think it's too much effort on the women though that's the problem I think it's you have to go to the swiping uh, that's that's true yeah that's a good point people do like to swipe that would be a very interesting like you Apple Pay twenty bucks into the app. 
mm-hmm. and then you don't like in a week your shirt comes, and you can't even like in your pants. You, you get know, no you oversight. Get, you get no oversight. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the overlords, these women on the app, yeah, just yeah, choose yeah. it for you. Yeah, that would They'd probably be... start pranking people though. Yeah, yeah you know there what... have to be some filters. Yeah, you know how <laughs> sort of oversight. You know, you know they have the remote therapists. It'd be like the yeah, remote help. fashion right. consultant. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of what I, I think it. Be. I think this idea has potential. Yeah, it would be not too hard to make too. Like, yeah, just make a shopping cart, upload to some database. Yeah, there's probably like a boilerplate Tinder. Yeah. Um, app that you can just. We know Will wouldn't use it because Will has his own. I have a very particular tunic selection yeah. on the tunic, tunic centric <laughs> wardrobe. We gotta get tunics. Tunics, tunics, and ball curtains are my. How can we get tunics right now? Forty Street tunics coming soon. I would wear. I would wear a tunic. I would own one tunic. What country wears tunic still? Malaysia. Still, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if anyone wears tunics anymore. Oh, this is Liver a- King wore a tunic to a UFC fight. I I I was not thinking of a tunic. Well, now I don't know if I'm thinking of a tunic. Well, is this still a tunic? It's like an Indian man. That you got an ad or a thing popping up here. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's tunic. a tunic. Troy's showing a sh- shirt, well, a is photo it? of a tunic. <laughs> what it looks like is like kind of a normal. It's kind of like a dress. It's a male dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's. I think it's got a good form factor. I like the collar. Uh, if you don't wear underwear, it's automatic ball sunny. Yeah, yeah, a tunic with a built-in mirror. Yeah, yeah. Dude, synergy. <laughs> synergy. No, I think you just need to start a cult. <laughs> you all wear tunics. You sun your balls. Yeah. Tunic. It's a good way to know. That's probably what people think if you show up in a tunic is that you're in a cult. Right. Oh, like yeah. a white tunic. I would. Yeah. 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 White. But tunic. cults are cool. I think we need more, more cults. Yeah, I've always wanted to be the leader of a cult. What would the what would the mission statement be? Give your wives to the leader. <laughs> no, it has to be more esoteric. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> Why not? Uh, my favorite is is uh, you claim to be the second coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of them, and they're awesome. They live great lives. I mean, Muhammad. Very successful, right? Your your will, the second your Jesus Christ too. Yeah, I think that's tough. I think it would be tough to claim that there are some unsavory videos of me. Ah, that'd be a hard sell. I think it's pretty hard now for people to become to claim that they're the second coming and they have committed no sin. Right? Did Jesus sin? He didn't sin. No, right? never. No, no, no. Uh, Wait. No, he died for our sins. Yeah. He, he he did not himself sin once. No, no, he 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 may have sinned. No, I right? don't think he did. I, I think know. that's part of the. Wait a sec. Like never, the he the, never the, said fuck. No, the whole. I mean, the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he didn't sin. The whole. Uh, not uh, once. Wow. Huh. The whole kind of redeeming aspect of. Jesus, beyond other godly figures, was the fact that he suffered. Because at the time, right, what was the worst fate any man could suffer? It was like a crucifixion um, as like the lowest form of like 
that was just like the worst thing ever. So every other god in like other religions, they were kind of held to these godly standards. But Jesus was like kind of the first. He was a man. He was a man, and he suffered the worst fate as a way to like forgive all of man's, you know, human condition flaws, aka sin. Right. So by going from like such a high place to then uh, basically the lowest form that any human could exhibit like only a god could kind of traverse that gap mm-hmm. which proved that he was the son of god the Christ, so yeah. here, here's your conspiracy theory for it the catholic church is well aware of jesus's grave they know exactly they have they have him they have it they've got jesus's they frozen have, penis and no no frozen penis but just like you know a, a mummy if they if they release that they know where jesus is body bones mm-hmm. his dna will show that he has lineage 23 oh. will uncover that jesus there are descendants yeah they were forward thinking enough to to realize Christ. that the advent of yeah. dna would disprove oh, yeah. their prophet right you're saying if they found christ's bones right i think the only leftover thing is that veil have you heard of that I that's what, what they called. that's what they want you to think no, it, <laughs> which lean into the mic. Which it wasn't any actual physical part. Yeah, we need like a strand of his hair. Yeah. Can you imagine if the? I mean, all that stuff would have decayed by anyone who died back then, by now, right? Hair, yeah, I guess so. Like, doesn't the human body kind of get reclaimed by? Yeah, I guess I don't know if you could DNA test within off a like bone. a year or something. Within a year, I don't know. Well, we embalm bodies now, but if you didn't do that. Which, by the way, such a bad idea. Embalming bodies. That's not a good long-term strategy. What is that process? It's like putting chalk all over them? Or well, you fill them with oil? Formaldehyde? Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stinky. So then what happens? You just have... Because you're just basically getting rid... Like taking biomass out of circulation by doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not actually giving back to the earth in any way, huh? Yeah, I want to be eaten by, if not my friends and family, worms. <laughs> you know, or your some friends people and are family. squeamish about Thanksgiving dinner, but... Dude, so I one of my coworkers said that uh, there was a study done on hot dogs in America, and 2% of the hot dogs in certain brands had human DNA in them. What? I'm not even kidding. But it, no is that because there's some dude jerking off at I, I, Oscar Mayer factory? I, 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 or like, you know what I mean? That's, like yeah. what, or like fingers shaved yeah, off. That, right. That's what I assume it probably would but be. But 2% of every hot dog, it's that's, like, what's the mortality rate I've at Oscar Mayer? I've eaten hot dogs in my so you've lifetime. Eaten one, so. I've one eaten I, don't, I don't think it was hot dog. Yeah. One human hot dog. Actually, I think Oscar Mayer was a good one where this didn't. Hold, okay. Like, oh, nice it, for us. That should like, be their slogan. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, human free, FDA human certified. Free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Into that Meyer. It's not named after the human inside the hot dog. <laughs> human free. <laughs> Keep the Oscar out of my Oscar Meyer with Oscar Meyer hot dogs. Uh, Isn't there like, oh, I wish I had an Oscar Meyer wiener. Do what they, is it? I, do they What's advertise? The, I wish yeah, they I have had a, an Oscar Mayer. Yeah, I thought it was. I wish I was an Oscar mm. Mayer wiener for a second, but then, yeah, that wouldn't be very good advertising, especially in the wake <laughs> of this <laughs> new study. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, actually, I wouldn't. I, once I heard that, I was like, I probably should stop eating hot dogs. I think it's just a good policy to not eat a hot dogs. Yeah, I know that's controversial, but I mean, they're, they're not good. So, but as like a child, they're they're pretty easy. They're easy on the parents. Eat them raw. I ate a lot of microwaved hot dogs in my day for sure. Ooh. That was kind of oh, the yeah. that was my microwaved. parents were away. Yeah, I know. That's a torture. In itself. It's bad, dude. Is that yeah. better or worse than the boil? Worse. Worse. Oof. But it's quick. Yeah. I was a teenager. I'll do it. I had a lot of masturbating to do. <laughs> the boiled hot dog. An after school special. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a good one. So, t- uh, what else we got here? Oh. Toxic influence of the office is interesting. So, this is a psyop to make people uh, content with their shitty cubicle lives. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that meant like the show, The Office. So I think the uh, the that's how I took it. Office itself, The Office, the show. Okay, okay. Because what is the show, The Office? It's aggrandizing shitty office. Like, is The Office glorifying mediocrity? Is the Mm. the I think uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's a little kind of nice ending for some of the characters, right? But Um, but yeah, it's like I'm Jim is the idea behind the show is that that's yeah. me right now. I'm like quirky and above the office life, even though I am in the office, in the still. office still. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, I am not pursuing, I don't know, greatness of any sense. I'm just, and that's okay. Cause my, that, that hot receptionist in my office is totally Pam. And once she breaks up with her stupid boyfriend who I hate, she's going to marry me. Right. And then that's going to be my life. Kind yeah. of. Which is generally not the case. But the other kind of weird part about it is, uh, yeah, you're identifying with Jim. Uh, I think it, I was talking about this with David. And there's a level of narcissism there because as a viewer, you're identifying with him, which means, oh, I'm not like any of the other weirdos. Yeah. Also, like, I'm not like Kevin. It's more Dwight. likely that they're, you're Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, probably Kevin. This is the whole Rick and Morty. Everyone thinks they're Rick, but they're actually Morty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with more characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> they're probably Jerry. Right, yeah. yeah that's, that's probably true. mostly Jerry. So even if you're striving for Jim, you're kind of selling your potential short. Right. In which case, you're actually going to end up Kevin, Dwight, or... Uh, I don't know, what are the other characters? Andy? Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, and even the ideal of Jim, he's in the cave. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I think the way to, I think Creed's probably the enlightened. He's probably the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just using the office as like a, to go undercover basically. That's right. This gets me thinking someone's going to make Netflix is going to make this the worst work from home. Oh my gosh. O- so office like right. show. I'm surprised it hasn't been made already. It's probably pretty tough to do. And according to this theory, there's no reason to make that video because they want you back in the office. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, well, what's interesting is that the British office was. The opposite of this. It was not idealizing. The uh, it was satirizing the office life, 
and there was no redemption. There was no redemption arc in the British office as far Is as that I an know. American? There was no Jim, you mean? This- there was no Jim. There was no, like, uh, I mean, there was kind of a Jim, but even Jim was, like, not a, um admirable character. Is that, like, a I've cultural phenomenon? So, yeah, I think it's probably, like, people just like a winner in, in the U.S., whereas, like, in the U.K., people are cool with being a... Oh, a total bummer. <laughs> yeah, just, like, set, you know, they're right. more comfortable with that in sort their of, reality. Like, thing. Right, okay. And if you look at the results, I mean, the British Empire at one point was... Sun never set on it, so... Hmm. Some people, I heard a really funny theory that the reason that the British Empire was so uh, expansive was because the because British women are so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> they were constantly looking for new. Uh, yeah, it's like we gotta get out of here, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather sail the seven seas. Than... <laughs> yeah, they also like the way they rule. Like the, what the way their empire was is pretty hands off too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like India is kind of still fucked with because of it in some ways because it was hands off well i don't know the it seems like are you arguing that a more authoritarian imperialism style would have been better well, for the long they term they just kind of like left there and like they yeah, introduced yeah. all the liberal ideas without any structure and then they bounced and then it was yeah. like how do we how do we create that structure ourselves but our culture never developed to create it, you know, right? Like I it mean, they kind of reverted to the caste system right afterwards. Yeah, right. So, so it's it's like the, no cultural development happened, but the political movement was like enforced on them in some ways. Right, right. Versus, I mean, what's a successful imperialist story like post decolonization? So, so Singapore is the opposite. Well, hmm. Because that was also a British colony, right? Like a trading post. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they, when the British left, like after the Second World War, Singapore like joined Malaysia. Um, but then Lee Kuan Yew, the founder, basically was like, "This isn't going to work." Like as far as because I think the the because they were such a multicultural society because the British basically had their influence that there and it was like their trading hub. Mm-hmm. So there's like a third Chinese, a third Indian, oh, gotcha. a third Malaysian. Um, they said, we can't live under the same structure as Malaysia. Let's start our own thing as like a multinational enterprise that the British sort of set up in the first place. Okay. Um, which they did operate more authoritarianly. Okay. Too. Okay. So they kept the structure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Uh, actually, this one British guy I met when I lived there, he said Lee Kuan Yew was like the best British king of Singapore like, ever, which he wasn't. He was the founder of the, the Oh, country. yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> like, that's funny. Like he was the better, like the best ruler that the British could have appointed. Okay. Because they retained the same relationship, but now they no longer had to like govern the territory and, you know, invest right, economically right, right. in keeping that. As like an ally, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so they basically just inf- like they they're in their sphere of influence, and then once they separated, the influence remained. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the difference would be India is was was in their sphere of influence there, but it was so big and like culturally undeveloped. Not undeveloped, like <laughs> the the structure that they tried to continue like wasn't wasn't as compatible or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, then they reverted back to like what they were doing before, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, 
but the office uh the weird part of that is i don't know like do people as they're watching it kind of because everyone thinks it's funny and enjoys it like how many people is like that's like actually a big part of conversation between random folks that they just meet and they socialize you know yeah i'm constantly being like people will just rehash plots of different episodes yeah i guess i am I'm I'm on the opposite side of this. I guess I was never a, a real avid office watcher. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. I've, I, s- I've probably seen most of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't come across any of the office anymore. Oh really? Zero. I don't no one sends me office memes. I don't I don't see it. I don't see the office. I was wondering if it was dying down. I think I asked someone within the last like year, I was like is this like a mute shit like is it finally done? Are we done with the office? Like friends. You never hear about friends. Maybe, yeah, maybe some people do. I think I, I still. still I mean, Friends had a resurgence. Mindset. Okay. I think that The Office is going to be pretty hard to shake. Huh? Is it on Netflix still? No, got taken. So that may be Friends and The Office. I think oh, got yeah. taken off. So you can't just like put it on in the background. Right. right. It's okay. on Peacock. Peacock. Okay, maybe that's why I see less of it. That's probably it. Yeah, I guess it's just weird. So if it's like obvious, well, maybe it's not obvious where it's promoting this sense of mediocrity of kind of just being in your cubicle, why that would resonate with a population and then be glorified, you know? Well, I think it just appeals to their, um, it just like uh, soothes their self-hatred or their sense of... um, uh, lack of self-actualization right and it gives you one character that you could relate to so uh you kind of think you're still maybe i'll still make it yeah maybe i'll yeah. still find love and right, pursue right, my right. dream tomorrow yeah yeah that's uh i don't know it's kind of dark but <laughs> no i mean yeah i think that's fair i like i think that a lot of the function of entertainment is basically just to uh sap people of their or not the function of, but like a consequence of entertainment is to sap people of their uh, will to actually do the actions that they're seeing, because it's like it fulf- they're by um, suspending disbelief and associating with a protagonist, they're able to like experience the reward by proxy of doing what they truly want to without actually having to do it. That's why it's so attractive. I mean, that's why all entertainment yeah, yeah, is so attractive yeah. mm-hmm. is because you get to play as the as the hero right. without actually having to leave your couch. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to bring this. I think I was also talking this with David. Is um, I saw online the way to or someone said like play sports, don't watch them. Yeah, that's I constantly say that when people yeah. ask me about. It. So it's like the more you might actually just be like indulging in like, I don't know, like fanaticism of like a sports team. Is that actually a vice or is that healthy? I think it's totally a vice. Yeah. Cause at some point maybe you're, you're living vicariously through individuals who are doing maybe what you at some point wanted to do in some form. Even if it's not playing the sport, it's like reaching a pinnacle of something. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that like all civic pride? It's like a form of tribalism. Well, you're actually so taking you... part in civic, like civics by being a citizen, whereas sports is like completely pornographic. You're just, uh, 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Right, because there is no end to it, too. It's just constant indulgence. Like, the season ends and there's a winner, but then it just, like, boosts back up again. Yeah, and there's always something to watch. Yeah, I think that, like, it, I mean, what drives me crazy is when people say, like, we lost last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. Because <laughs> it's already, sports are already a simulation or, like, a surrogate uh, warf. It's pseudo-warfare. Yeah, yeah. That's what it rep- or replaced. Right. Like, the Coliseum was a vin- like was the replacement of warfare, which then led to, like, yeah. the Olympic Games, which then led to... And then it's people who are not even taking part in the pseudo-warfare who are associating themselves with yeah. this group. Like, the victor, playing as... Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Because that's the whole essence, is you're a victor, you're a loser. That's yeah, literally right, the game. Right, and that's... Which like is people if, blowing... Like, breaking their TVs over a loss is like, you yeah. are dissociated right yeah yeah that's uh i guess it's like an innovation in that sense though because what if you didn't have that like that institution what would people then replace that with would that actually be government overthrow yeah. <laughs> I mean, re- I really like yeah. the Roman Senate would talk about like so bread that, and circus were why the Senate right, right, like right. stabilized the Senate. That Eagles or Chiefs fan that breaks their TV, yeah, yeah, would instead channel would insta- that okay. vital energy into um, Th- there's storming the Capitol. Are there, are there, yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say what sports are going on around well, January Paul, Paul, yeah, 6th. That's a um, yeah, the, there's a bye week. Are yeah. you kidding me? What am I, I going to do? The truth is, is politics in the United States is basically turned into professional sports. Oh, it's, it's yeah, WWE. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. WWE. That's a good like, point. Yeah, people were also wearing like uniforms. Here comes Joe Biden. And then the other half are like, boo. Well, I think that's what, like, you could argue that's why Trump was so successful is because he was like... He's a ex- good WWE character. He was on WWE too, under, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Did he, like, yeah, yeah. knock out Jim McMahon one day? <laughs> or, like, put him in a headlock or something? I don't know. He did. I think he gave him a haircut. Yeah, he gave him a haircut. A true story. <laughs> Trump was on. He did something. No, I think McMahon. he was yeah. on WWE for sure. Yeah, no, he he was, he was for sure. He debated him on the uh, <laughs> on, on uh, foreign policy. It was ruthless. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Uh, I guess people in the past though, when sports like distract, like if they're basically just distractions in that sense, right? Yeah. Um, you only needed those institutions to rise if you are in the political class as a form of distraction because survival became less of a concern. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, before they were as uh, influential, people just didn't care about overthrowing anything because they're too busy, like, actually day to day getting by. But now, because we just live in abundance and decadence, it's like, you know, I, I'll just, you know, watch The Office and then watch The Chiefs after, yeah. after you know, when yeah. that's not on. Like, there are no lands left to conquer, so, like, it makes sense that people would come up with a mechanism to temper their need for conquest. Yeah. Did I ever tell you this theory, by the way? Hmm. Um, so, we got on how sports simulates that human urge of warfare Mm -hmm. and uh so like what are the five pillars i think i've told troy this 
I might not remember all of them, so just bear with me. Sure. <laughs> uh, what are like the five pillars of like human motivation in some ways that now in the modern world they're being simulated through other institutions or mechanisms? So the warfare one, sports. We could say nutrition is like sh- uh, sugar, mm-hmm. um, sex, being pornography, sex, pornography, um, and there's a oh. Uh, Elation, drugs, like okay. like chemical religion, maybe science or uh, or music festivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- that too. Like some sort of belief thing. Yeah. But then the last one that I think is like like kind of a pillar that was never replaced until very recently was that like direct direct social interaction. Mm-hmm. That people always had to rely on, but now with the internet, oh, yeah. we have a simulated form of that through social media mm-hmm. that is replacing, like, you know, it's, it was kind of like the last piece of puzzle to create a new control mechanism in some way. Give me feedback. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good point. Like it was. So you're you're arguing that that was the last pillar to be replaced. Yeah, so if those are, like, sex, nutrition, uh, I don't know, is elation probably not the right word, but, like, a chemical, like, satisfaction that drugs are, are now sedating people with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are the other ones we just said? Oh, the warfare one with sports. Like, these seem to all be covered for a while, but... You, there was never any other thing that would just replace me and Will talking. You had to always do that in person. It was always the same since the dawn of, of time. But in the past 20, 30 years, this new communication system was invented yeah. that does somewhat replace that. People can sit at their computers or you know text on their phones and still kind of feel like they're getting that, even though it's not necessarily what it always was. Yeah, I agree. Oh, pornography was the other one for yeah, sex. Pornography. Yeah. But that came at about the same time as the internet. Well, there was like new uh, no, I guess, Yeah, and I guess you had like VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or drawings. <laughs> um, like you could just design a hedonistic human life uh where you kind of indulge in all of those without ever actually without the base kind of uh impulse that they're exploiting basically yeah so i think like uh um dostoevsky would argue that like one of the basic ones that you're leaving out is like he, he talked about how like if people basically could continue with them, you know, uh, could busy themselves with eating cakes and having sex and they would still want to destroy that, that, um, framework. The framework of that provides them that. Oh, that was Dostoevsky's argument. So the system that is producing that, like the capitalistic marketplace that is making the cake, whatever the system is. And his argument was that because the greatest uh, faculty that he, that like man has, or like the most important thing to man is the exercise of free will. Okay. 
So free will is being corrupted by all these new mechanisms and you could just indulge on all those platforms. But Dostoevsky is saying is no matter what, there's one other fundamental mechanism that you need to act on, which is like recognizing you're within a system and like conquering it in its own right. Yeah, yeah, or being able to uh, subvert your your appetites um, in in pursuit of the exercise of reason or free will. But which, I think that's what religion does, no? Or spirituality, you could say. So I think it is a kind of spirituality. It's like the worship of the divine will. Yeah. So so like if you even think about the the, the devil, right, mm-hmm. uh, and what like the Christian theocratic message is of sin and like the devil is externalizing those forces to those temptations in some way. So it is now not like the system that's actually creating that is evil in its own essence. So what Dostoevsky is saying is like evil is that system creating these structures that are trying to tempt you to like not live a divine life which is the most important thing. Yeah, I don't. Th- I agree with that formula. I don't think it was Dostoevsky's formulation, but I agree with that. Right, no, I, I was trying to, like, no, relate I, it. No, I agree with that expand, like yeah. that um, appendix. Um, yeah, that, okay, so, yeah, the devil being the um, use of free will to serve the appetites. and then, The devil is what's preventing you from doing it. It's... The devil is creating the evil that is fueling uh, your that appetite, is that, is, you. that is tempting you and fueling your appetite that mm-hmm. will, is essentially taking away from your, your ability to recognize that this isn't what you need, uh, which is like in a divine sense, uh, the pursuit of like Of the God exercise of free will. Yeah, and the true, exercise of God, reason, free yeah. world, spirituality, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. But I think that the uh, the exercise of free will is just a lot harder to like find a surrogate for. You right. can't. You're, you. I think it's that's the last pillar basically that is unassailable. Yeah. By uh, like by um, uh, it can never be sated, or you can never like uh, quench that thirst. Right, and so that's what religion provides, like the Chris- Christian religion, or I don't know. It's it's your ability to externalize that now and say this is the actual devil like these are demons causing this temptation it's incumbent upon me to not exercise free will but to battle against those forces does that make sense yeah well i think it's exercising free will in free will to shun those appetites right i guess what i'm just saying like, rather like, i don't yeah. think it's for the people would say that like free will is what makes you act upon your appetites people i think i think that's not what people mean by free will when they like free will isn't me eating a burger free will is me uh you know giving a burger to my child okay Uh, how is how are those two different um because it's the subversion of uh of appetite in pursuit of like reason or um or like the the um, concern for the future. Okay, I guess that's what I. It's like sacrifice would be would be an expression of free will versus like hedonism is not really, is like, antithetical to like the exercise of free will. Okay, 
I guess what I'm... Which I guess is... I understand what you're saying where it's like, you're, but you're still exercising choice. Yeah. I'm more talking about the motivation that gives you to recognize or to actually act on that subversion or understand the subversion and then, you know, exercise your free will. I think that is, yeah, I think religion is right. Like a lot of the religions, what they promote is externalizing it, not even recognizing it as something like free will. It's just like there's a divine spirit uh, that exists and it's within us all. And what comes with that is also like these forces of evil that it's upon you to recognize what forms they're taking Mm -hmm. to then now act against kind of. Yeah. So do you think free, do you think religion is a, is a, is a replacement of that pillar or an expression of that pillar? Uh, A replacement. Well, I think it's, it's the, the way you put it, or in the, this is kind of how I was, it's the most important one that gives you the ability to make sense of the system as a whole. So all the pillars are a part of the system. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, but the religion one is the one that explained, explains your position in, in that system mm-hmm. and, like, make, you know, your action plan clear, kind gotcha, of. Gotcha, gotcha. Which you could also call free will and reason, but this is... What I'm saying is like, you know, you could take the the rational approach or you could take the religious approach to doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they both kind of are functionally the same. Right. Yeah, I don't see religion as a, as a replacement or like in the same way that pornography replaces uh, sex. Uh, I see it as like a, uh, a um, formalization of, of that pillar. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not. I don't. I disagree in the sense that it's like a separate thing. I think it's like part of the whole structure. Like religion. Okay. Yeah. This is. Uh, religion explains the system, and the pillars are all within the system. Oh, so you don't you don't think it is a just pillar. as rationalism explains the system, and all the okay per, you know pillars are within the system, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ra- rationalist mindset will le- lead you to. I need to understand what my free will is in the, in the system and then, uh, you know, subvert the subversion or whatever. Okay. Or recognize how it's subversion versus the religious perspective is saying, no, you are uh, living in a world where all these like forces are just at bay and you're going to use like the divine essence of God to recognize like how you should be responding to each of these specific pillars. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying, that it's like it's, it acts as a, uh, as a structure on top of these, uh, yeah, on top yeah. of the systems. Okay. You don't like it? No, I think that's fair. Um, Troy, what do you think? I, I checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I would need to think about it more. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Um, Maybe we should go back to some of the earthly. The earthly? The earthly bit board. I, uh, the, the only thing, the phrase came into my mind was, with without defeat, you can't appreciate victory. Uh, you said, uh, like, instead you decide to, like, if someone can eat cake all the time, they'd still want to exercise free will. So right, right, like, right, right. Well, maybe you just need to appreciate. 
you need to have defeat to appreciate the victory. The yeah. way I interpret, like, understood that was, <clears throat> you like you can eat the cake, but you'll still be searching for this reason of why I'm eating the cake, and I need to conquer this. Is that wrong? I think it's more just the the. Um to figure out the reason why I'm eating this cake. No, I think it has more to do with like the the uh, like I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I I think that it's just I think it just is a part of human nature to uh, to get bored by um, by something like uh, like a life like that. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think... So, like, a real-world example is when you hear of, like, a tech CEO, like, unplugging in the forest somewhere. Sure, And they sure. live out, like, a very mundane existence for a week. Yeah, yeah. Or even, like, the... the, the um, I mean, the popularity of David Goggins, for example. Sure. Like, the, it's, it's the, the idea of, like, subjecting yourself to hardship um, for the sake of hardship in some, in some cases. Right. Because like you don't, it's not actually rewarding to achieve the the um, like when you're doing something like uh, okay, like sex for example. It's like the it's this weird thing where the actual the best part of it is actually the uh, getting towards the orgasm rather than the actual orgasm or yeah. the or the point after the orgasm. Right. Um, so if you're just constantly being fulfilled, you're going to end up actually wanting to take part in the process that leads to fulfillment or, or is usually associated with fulfillment, which is hardship. Yeah. Like in terms of like hunting, for example, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. or hard work working towards something is like, that's actually the important part of the experience that is lost in constant fulfillment. Yeah. The struggle is the rewarding part. Right. So, but that, that applies to all of those different pillars, basically. Exactly. Like I I think part of the reason that, um, that like sex robots won't be that, uh, widely accepted is because people actually like to, uh, court women. Right. Yeah. And that's like something that's kind of left out in that, in that idea. Yeah. Unless it's a social construct. Unless courtship is a social construct. Yeah, where we only want that because we think it gives us... It, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Status ahead yeah. of other people. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right, though. Yeah. I think that's fine. Like, yeah, courtship is like a mirror. It's like, how am I worthy of this? Right. And uh-huh. that, is like, that is, like, helpful. Yeah. Yeah, you get to create like your own sense of value through the process. Yeah, yeah. You don't evaluate yourself by being fulfilled. And it's like, I think that's the process of self-actualization yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. the, uh, is the uh, testing. Yeah. So how does, how would you make it like overarching structure around those things? Cause that it, it clearly applies to everything, you know? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. So what would you call that? You know what I mean? Like how, how is that? How is that categorically enveloping all those independent Uh, things? Well, I think all of the pillars that you're talking about is... They're like the shortcuts, kind of. Are the shortcuts to the fulfillment. Yeah. 
without the actual participation in the struggle. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why they'll never actually, uh, you're always going to have overthrows. Right. Huh. Like, I think that's why the, the replacement uh, project is not going to succeed. But we're at that stage where it seems like a lot of it has been replaced, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, like, probably the a breaking point. Yeah. I guess it's, like, the whole Matrix thing. At the end, you're just kind of hooked up, and all these sensations are being injected into you. Right. Uh, and it's, like, why... That's what's so cool about the Matrix is, like, you can... Why the hell would Neo ever... Neo is the, the underground man, Dostoevsky's underground man, where he, like, is choosing to live in this, like, in dystopia. Yeah. Why would he do that? It's like, I think that is the, uh, that's like a, um, it's, it speaks to the nature of man to, like, yeah seek out the overthrow, even if it is costly in terms of earthly comfort. So is the overthrow, okay, this is, uh, is the overthrow destroying those systems or is it accepting it and just uh, like what's it called? Like almost seceding from it. What is the more noble effort? Oh yeah, to like live off of it. Um, like to be a monk or to be the one who kind of, uh, you know, like actually tries to wake people up to this is what's going on or attack. Like you know. The systems that are, are causing that, yeah. that. Well, I think it depends on your evaluation of the system. Yeah. Like clearly, the the system that Neo awakes or like realizes is not serving humanity; it's serving a different interest, and that's why he would want to break it. But if it's like if you're in uh, Plato's cave and you realize like it's probably good that like not everybody is um, reaching enlightenment. Right. Yeah. That's the. Then you might. Then it's like okay. Well, maybe you actually persist it like um like you don't want everyone to be culture makers because some people would just have bad taste right and that would probably lead to different systems in some ways like, yeah yeah that wouldn't be desirable yeah it'd be like a cave displacement we were in this cave and now we're in this new one type, type right right uh, the the cave people are going to bring you can take the person out of the cave but you can't take the cave out of the person <laughs> you know so they're just going to make yeah they're just going to yeah. blow it it's like the same reason why I, like skateboarding is cool for like 10 years yeah and then it's like lame fucking so lame and that's the case with everything it's like this is why you shouldn't show your friends cool music yeah because it's not gonna be very cool for very long. yeah <laughs> yeah don't just keep it to yourself yeah uh no taste maker is like universal like it all just fucking dies yeah 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 um damn that's pretty that's pretty interesting I always thought, uh, I don't know, the like banking on the explanation in the religious sense where, because I think it actually promotes the, um, the idea of just like kind of letting, almost letting the evil flourish, but not becoming a part of it until it almost like dies out. Yeah, that's a, definitely one way to do it. It's like pretty unlikely that you're. Uh, that's where you like kind of gauge it. It's like, do you want to actually sacrifice yourself for the uh, 
for like trying to find the tipping point before it's actually ripe yeah you know it's like or maybe you just want to kind of wait this out and like ride the caliuga have you ever heard that term ride the caliuga no, <laughs> you guys heard of the caliuga before no it's like the uh, it's like the uh, phase of um i think it's like a hindu thing where it's like uh you have different uh, phases of humanity where you have like times of peace and plenty. And then now we're in the Kali Yuga, which is just like constant strife. Yeah. And so like you can surf the Kali Yuga without actually bringing about, without working to uh, bring about um, better times. Because right. it's just like not worth it right now. It's just not the time. Yeah. I think one, there was a, like what's the saying? It's like strong men make good times good times make weak men uh weak men make bad times and bad times make strong men or yep. something like that like that's, yeah, that's the, right that sounds like the cali yuga that's yeah like, yeah well, that's the current cali yuga yeah <laughs> where are you in that that process so yeah well well yeah it just kind of makes me feel bad because maybe if like i'm you know maybe i'm supposed to be making the good times <laughs> Like I, I think know. we're living in the good like we're probably this in the process of going to the weak men, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. It's pretty easy to just So maybe I should make the hard times. So then yeah, like the, you could say that maybe I should just accelerate the hard times and like kick the tape the kick the legs out of this table. Then you'd be an acceleration. Well, That's already, right. Matt yeah. already did that. He poured his water bottle into his <laughs> Yeah, he's try he's yeah. an accelerationist. Yeah. He's a technological <laughs> accelerationist uh, pouring the big waves on the amazon server systems dude, i haven't gotten a new computer for like six years and i don't want to do it tomorrow that so. one's a <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways did you guys read the data list yeah oh yeah serious go for it okay yeah, yeah. i didn't yeah. read it you just I listened it. to that podcast. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, the oh, one that, oh, the oh, one that oh, I sent yeah. you. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah. I was thinking of the other one I sent you, which I was, know. I think, the Faustian one. But oh, no, that was, yeah, sorry. I, I tried to listen to it, to but it. it was like the play, and it's very, very hard. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Troy, did you read it? It's a play? No, no, I read it. Yeah, yeah, I did the, the reading. The Daedalus? No, no. You, I, it, it's the Faustian. The podcast? Oh, okay. No, I, I read, the, yes. The, uh, I guess it's not even, it's just a Greek myth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Will, do you want to explain the Daedalus story? Yeah, the, the Minotaur? The yeah. So Daedalus is this um, Greek innovator, and he, uh, there's a princess who wants to be able to have sex with a bull. Like Persephone or something. Or yeah, that. yeah, I, th I guess. I think that's her name, yeah. Um, and so she enlists Daedalus to help her with this problem. Right. And Daedalus is like an engineer who doesn't have a moral compass. Really. Right. He's, he's been, in, he's been, uh, hired by a bunch of Kings and then promptly kicked out of a lot of kingdoms for yeah. doing, doing too much, being, being extra. And, uh, and so he makes a mechanism that allows this princess to have sex with a, a bull. And then the princess ends up giving birth to the Minotaurs, this like awful beast who then needs to be uh, trapped inside this labyrinth. Is that fair enough? Yeah. There's another story of Daedalus where he, his son 
Icarus. So, so, yeah, so this it leads into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from so after uh, Daedalus created the Minotaur through by way of Persephone giving birth to it, right. the king effectively is like, "Yo, that's not chill. We're gonna lock you in a tower, yeah, like yeah. in a prison, basically." Right. And that's when his gears and his mind still stop work or start working. And he's like, "All right, I gotta escape this thing." Yeah. And so what then he invents is a pair of wings to basically get out of the tower. And yep. he makes two sets of them. Wax. Wax wings. Yeah. One he gives to his son, um, who then his son Icarus, upon his use of them, flies too close to the sun and like dies, basically. Yeah, the wax and wings melt and he falls to his death. Yeah. So the point the point of the story is, I guess, basically that he's he's this innovator who is not afraid to transgress moral boundaries in pursuit of just innovation for the sake of innovation. Yes. And to him, bestiality is is a. Uh, I think that camera might be off. Yeah. It yeah, it's, it's lower lower battery. Um, and so he's just you know for him, sex with a bull is uh, is a problem, is an innovation. Yeah, problem. like most engineers would have been like. If they were approached to ask to make that, they just would have said no. Like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah, this is the is the archetype of the mad scientist, basically, which like is yes. a pretty common um, yeah. archetype. And even after he gets locked in the tower for his clearly like net negative creations, yeah. he continues. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough to stop him. It's not enough to stop him because jail is another engineering problem yeah jails and then that leads to even worse punishment in the sense of his son meeting his device demise through one of the innovations itself yeah yeah so so what the question is like what's today's minotaur oh so the other cool thing about the labyrinth is that it's uh it illustrates the this idea that like if you come up with one uh if if your innovation creates one problem you're probably going to need more innovation to deal with that problem, which is like a feedback loop in terms of right. just innovation causing more and more problems. Because um, then people get lost in the labyrinth and, um, you know, killed by the Minotaur afterwards. So it's, it's I guess it's just a cautionary tale about the um, about innovation for the sake of innovation without any concern for how you might come up with a limiting principle through morale, something like morality. Morality, yeah. So you need, if you don't have that framework, if you don't have that framework like, of morality, yeah, you start you, making you, flashlights. Yeah. It's never, it's never clear whether the cost benefit is actually going to mean the technological progression is like leading in actual, like general right. progress. Right. It's yeah. It's and is like, I mean. Uh, bigger question is like is there actually any point to innovation like why are why are, why innovate at all so there are i mean i think it's for sure some technology given enough data you could argue it's clearly a net positive right can you give me an example uh well i guess hmm. how about Uh, reading, like the printing press. Yeah, the Gutenberg, Gutenberg press. Um, yeah, so this is this other story that was mentioned in that podcast. I don't know if this is part of the assigned reading, but it's basically like, 
uh, <laughs> it was basically this this like Egyptian uh, innovator who was showing a king language, and he was like all stoked on it. He's like, check it out, you can read and write things down. And then the king is like, well, this is not necessarily a good idea because people might think themselves wise because they have books, and it's like actually not a good uh, substitute for for generating knowledge yourself. It's another kind of shortcut to wisdom. Right. So you're saying in that sense that one might be able to make the argue that actually, even though writing and uh, capturing ideas through the forms of books, it provided the benefit of more information spread to more people. What's the benefit? What's the actual benefit of, of writing? So you could say there'd be like a multiplicity effect if, if you provide more information to more people than then like more ideas are out in the marketplace of ideas, in which case the best ideas will survive uh, and, you know, proliferate. To what, to what end? Uh, to the end that it solves, I guess, uh, it solves human suffering better than whatever the process was before those ideas spread. Okay. So, so uh, eliminating human suffering being the would be yeah the would be the, the metric I guess the metric like how much human suffering is existing before and after this innovation. Yeah, I mean that's a good factor to measure if you think that suffering shouldn't exist. Right. I don't. I don't agree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what suffering is? Let's steal man human suffering. Okay, great. Can I go to the bathroom first? Yeah, yeah. Troy, you steal my <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess, actually, this is kind of easy. It's the whole... The It's the story of overcoming. Like, you can't overcome if you've never suffered. Yeah. Which that I don't know if that in, ignites something in the human spirit then you would say like it's good that the suffering is present but maybe not at scale I don't know I keep thinking of athletes who like we we, uh, we idolize like the whole archetype of like this person grew up in the projects and now is like you know, at the top of his craft type thing. Right. And overcame every thing in his background that, that was like, you know, holding him down type thing. But if you didn't have the human suffering, like if you didn't have that initial condition in the first place, then the inspiration just wouldn't have never, like wouldn't have been manufactured. Yeah. I think the basic idea behind that is that heroes always suffer. Yeah. Right, so if you don't have suffering, you don't have heroes. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's an extension of the argument. I think basically the, the, what it boils down to is that, like, um, suffering acts as, like, a really important feedback mechanism. Like, if you fuck up, you should suffer. And it's like, and if you, don't, if you never suffer, right, right. then you never know when you're fucking up. Yeah. And so, like... So the extent that we actually are limiting human suffering through different innovations... Yeah what we're actually doing is crippling our ability to like experience life to this sense that would have previously been available to the people who uh, would, able, would, would, would have been able to respond well to the feedback. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't get the responses at all if you don't have the feedback. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly it. I think that the highest, the highest, um, for me, the goal, if, if I'm ever going to, like, serve an end by innovation, it should be to, like, make uh, humans better as a species. Like, I think that's the only so useful goal. what would your metric for better be, then, if, it, if not That's a good suffering. question. So, like, so, yeah, that's a really good question. Because um, some might argue that, like, nature just did that without any technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, then it's like, well, na- technology is natural because it arose naturally. But yeah. I think one way you can define uh, a better species is able to more effectively manipulate matter. Okay. So uh, by us, our betterness is defined by how well we manipulate matter which the only way you could observe that and measure it is how much different the environment looks by its, from its nat- natural state. Should yeah, in accordance with the with the like with the um, goal of the manipulator. Okay, so then you're you're saying that. Uh, okay. So it's only better if it reaches like the state that the manipulator envisioned as intended intended as like the optimum state. Yeah. I, this isn't necessarily my position. I'm just adopting it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, for right now it's, it seems like a good argument. Yeah. Yeah. So you could argue that using prosthetics, like, you know, you can do with a bulldozer, you can lift things better. Right. But then it's like, uh, is a bulldozer human? Is a human bulldozer combination a human? Uh, no. Right. So then, this is kind of the argument of 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 um, the king in the in the other story, where he's like, "Well, you know, every time you use a prosthetic, you're not actually getting better. It's just like the you, the combination of you and the prosthetic is better." So you're trading off your your uh, what you're saying is you're now realizing a tool which is making the ends from your objective better, but you're trading off something of your own ability that is actually worse, but it's less clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually when you use the prosthetic, you're going to be worse at that thing. Like, you know, if you, um, if you use a, if you use like a uh, gun, you're going to get worse at uh, hunting without a gun. Yeah, with like an arrow or knife. Yeah, or your hands or your teeth. Right. So then those deteriorate over time, which means there's a cost to the innovation. Yeah, that would be the cost. That would be the cost of the innovation, even if the innovation works perfectly, even if you become a more effective hunter when you're working in conjunction with a tool. So is the onus to not innovate or the onus to not well, use know. said innovation? I'm tr- oh, Yeah, well, that, this is what I, I'm trying to figure if out. If like, I had no leg, I'd rather have the prosthetic. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like if you're, if you're replacing something versus augmenting something. Mm. Right. Like, but if you use a prosthetic leg, you're not going to, if I take away I the leg, you're probably not. i leg off to get it. Yeah, and you're probably going to be worse at walking without the prosthetic leg than right. you would be if you had never had it. 
And you shoot your girlfriend through bathroom doors. <laughs> what? what was that? Oscar Pistorius aside. Oh, right, right, right. The Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. How did that slide? I think he went to prison. No, not uh. that part. How did he get to use Blade? <laughs> how did he get to use Blade? Like, how did they let him do that? We would say you get a jetpack if you don't have a head. Why don't you take a hard stance on? Yeah, I mean, who's this? gonna tell him no? I don't. I don't know the story. Maybe, I'll do it. He's probably way too good to be a Paralympian. Right? Not without the blades. That's well, maybe you could run really fast on his hands. Yeah, but like, that just seems crazy that you'd be able to like. I could probably be the fastest runner ever if I had some really good prosthetic legs. Do I, yeah. So yeah, if I cut my legs off, do I then get to with be rockets? But then people yeah. would stop. <laughs> yeah, uh, fireworks on my. <laughs> but yeah, then put, you wouldn't put a firecracker in my butt. At some point, you're not you're not running anymore. That's the like people would not consider that the same thing. What's the cutoff? He's kind of like bungee, or he's like pogo sticking. Right. I don't know. It's like kind of the steroids debate. Yeah, if one shoe had a trampoline in it and you were running and one shoe went like and shot you forward every exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. These huge, blades are yeah, huff. Like, like people event. people view steroids as cheating, but actually all it's doing is enable you to like recover and train better. So it's actually still uh, that's you, a good point. but it's just a, an enhancement of what your natural, I guess, systems are able to of create. The, of the train. It's an tra- enhancement of training. Yeah. Like, if you're not on drugs at the meet, why not just allow people to train better? I guess, yeah, there's just some weird con- like social contract where it's like you have to do that without the drugs. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think people should be able to use PEDs. I actually remember when, like, the whole MLB, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, like, thinking the same thing, like... Dude, these guys probably would have hit home runs still. They're just hitting yeah. them like a hundred feet farther. farther. A, a much more exciting game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When like, uh, who's that fucking guy who's on TRT? Vitor uh, Belfort. Was yeah. on TRT? Great fights. Yeah. No, the fighter, okay. Yeah. He's like, if the point's entertainment. Right. But I don't, You're going to draw the line at steroids yeah. and not fucking CTE? <laughs> right. But that, that actually is also a good example because you are trading off like it's a clear prosthetic in which now your hormone production is being disrupted by an artificial source. Yeah, well, you can't now you're in endo- like you're endogenous. Yeah, the hormone production is just shot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another example of like prosthetics not being good. Yeah. But yeah. R- okay. Right. So like I think maybe the the point is that there it's actually like more impressive. It's it's cooler to see what people can do without enhancements. Well, so this is right. This is where I'm. I, I have in secret been arguing my main point the whole time where it's like actually people are more interested in seeing what people can do without prosthetics. Yeah. Rather than like running right. on posts. There's, there's like a natural resonance point that we're all in tune with and searching for. And the more you innovate, the more you're like dampening at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like my ideal uh, human is not one that's like cybernetic. It's one that is like Hercules. Completely, yeah, by itself, perfect. Yeah, you know, and that, and I don't think technology is getting us there. Right. I think it's actually probably weakening us. Like when you think about what aliens look like. Yeah. Scrawny, huge heads. Yeah. Not really great looking. 
I think that resonance point probably like happened a long time ago though with all the prosthetics that like exist now. It could be a social construct too. Maybe Gen Q will think of their Hercules will be a cyborg of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's their default. Right. Well, like the so part of what they talk about in the Republic is this issue of like having people uh, exercise naked. Oh, so it ha- it forces them to see what their body actually looks exactly. like. Yeah. Exactly. And they're operating without any like shoes. Right. Or anything and that's like and that was actually a reversion cuz first people were doing it with doing everything with clothes and whatever. Yeah. And then the Greeks were like, "No, let's get naked cuz this is more impressive or it's like more resonant." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I guess bringing it back to the suffering thing, if you sort of didn't allow innovation, mm-hmm. And everyone was still expected to increase, like the living standard of their life. Without it, what you'd eventually get is like a weeding out of the weak genetics, or you rat- get you get eugenics, which is an uncomfortable topic. Eugenics, or like even let's not say it was like meditated on kind of thing. Okay, it was just done by like how animals interact. Yeah, yeah. By you know, uh, what's it called, uh, Darwin, Darwinism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you would have a much more naturally resonant species with their environment. Yeah, so, but the issue is that it already selected for innovation. Nature already selected for innovation. Expand on that. Well, it's like, okay, let's say I'm, uh, let's say I shun all tools. Oh, you're not going to make it. I'm not going to be a very effective yeah. yeah. The brain, it, the brain is like the first innovation in some way that allowed us to manipulate our environment at which that point it's like Pandora's fire is what allowed us to to put so much more resources into our brain which was the first innovation okay so that's like the Pandora's box in the story then yeah that is like taking the control rods out of the out of the nuclear reactor yeah I think it's basically like you just now it's just a chain reaction and like innovation is so clearly a, a you know advantageous in terms yeah. of survival i think this idea of suffering being a feedback signal is like pretty interesting uh, yeah like suffering is always i mean this is like a naturalistic fallacy that everything is is right but like i think that suffering is always deserved or it's always useful yeah it's always uh it's always right yeah and to put it in a nice way it's like oh even in your failures you have a strong lesson to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, even if it's not, like, you can say that, oh, well, what about people who are born into terrible situations? Well, it's like that situation was was uh, was created by their ancestors. Right. And so maybe, like, that doesn't always make sense if you're so nearsighted as to only evaluate it on the level of the individual. But it actually probably uh, equalizes you know, at, at like a species level or an ecological level, that it probably makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's useful. Yeah. But once you open that box, man, like you trend towards alien eventually. What do you mean? Oh, oh, technological innovation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a weakening. I mean, that's why you never see strong aliens. <laughs> <laughs> you never see like buff aliens who are like really yeah. beautiful looking. Dude, so actually, so what's the... Is AI the ultimate prosthetic? Because if that's replacing yeah. our ability to... Uh, exercise choice. Exercise choice and also process information, then at some point, those who fully rely on it 
will no longer even create their own yeah, exactly. problem-solving techniques. Exactly, exactly. So the, something I was thinking about the other day was like, so stockfish, like if you use stockfish for one move in a chess game, right. um, and you don't understand why a stockfish made that play, because you haven't like done the depth of the state search, you now useless to you. Yeah, because maybe you like sacrifice your queen, and then it's like now your queen's sacrificed, but you don't really understand how to play your position. Right. Yeah. You are now completely beholden to stockfish. Right. And like you, you have no idea where you are. Yeah. And so the only way to really like still succeed is by just continuing to use stockfish. And so now your prosthetic is like completely overtaken your faculties and so if you think about like using ai for warfare maybe you like set a win criteria where it's like okay minimize minimize uh civilian casualties or like minimize um deaths of my nation mm -hmm. and like that's the ai's win criteria maybe it does something that's like extremely ideologically embarrassing to you like maybe you have to uh kill your children or like maybe you have to do a Holocaust or yeah. something, you know, yeah. it's like something that would be pretty bad in the history books. If you disobey that advice, you have no idea how to play your position. Yeah, you're kind of back at square one, right. at which place you're very vulnerable. Exactly. So your best bet is to just keep taking that advice because at least you know that your win, you're acting optimally for your win criteria. Yeah. But the next thing could be even worse. You know, the next piece of advice could be even worse. And now, so like, who's, ser are you, who's serving who? Yeah. You're basically now the executor of the, of the AI's will for its win criteria that may at some point be completely divorced from your own. Right. And like, no matter how well you specify your win criteria, I, I don't think that you can, you can possibly articulate it well enough to uh, prevent this sort, of, this sort of situation. Yeah which is a huge problem. Yeah, it sounds almost like AI is the ultimate, it's in some sense, like the opposite innovation in that way. You know, like it, the more you rely on it, then you're just giving the agency to uh, some other separate entity, which is now no longer like using distributed, like a distributed human network yeah. to to kind of like use trial and error to actually figure out what the next innovative technique exactly. should be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not even coded like a very powerful uh alternative like um optimization pattern. Yeah. And it's like you don't even understand it. Yeah. At some point. And at the same time, like it's deteriorating your ability if you wanted to rely on the OG strategy creation tools you can't because yeah, you've, yeah. Just, you've just been relying on this prosthetic you've, for so yeah long. you've seeded all of your all of your um capabilities yeah yeah it's it's a huge issue yeah so like the that's not the way that people talk about it as an issue though you know they the, the issue is oh this is going to just make us useless because it's going to be so useful it's not it's actually going to make us useless because it's taking our away our ability to be useful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 in the sense of how we actually work right 
Right, right, right. Yeah, people people don't. I mean, because what we're talking about is like if it actually is acting perfectly, or like, uh, whereas people are are generally talking about when things get. Um, Yeah, people don't think about the 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 way that it actually affects us. It's like we don't think about it as bi-directional. Yeah, maybe uh, Sam Altman is Daedalus. <laughs> I think there are, there are probably a ton of Daedaluses. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah you 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 were saying that before how a lot of people operate in this space where they're they don't necessarily like contemplate the mission of what they're working on they just are presented hey here's a problem to solve right figure it out yeah exactly it's like it's because so much of knowledge is so compartmentalized it's like a phone for example like nobody can create a phone nobody knows how to it like everyone who worked on that phone cannot produce a phone yeah the Mm. do you know leonard reed Mm. is like a famous essay called i pencil where it's the same idea it's like something as simple as a pencil no human knows actually to make and what he means is by everything that goes into making that pencil like sourcing the iron or the graphite ore in india or the lumber in the forests of canada and then you know the diner and all that inputs that go into making the food for the lumberjacks and like that process no one could optimize other than just a distributed network of humans and their individual consciousnesses acting uh you know like together in some weird disconnected way yeah it's why like if communication systems fail you're going to have global failures in terms of production of 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 uh, technology that supports a pretty bloated population level yeah like if you start if nobody can talk to each other you lose connection between like cobalt mines and taiwanese uh, chip factories no more phones no more chips yeah, you know, you're you're because it's so compartmentalized, it's so fragile. Right. Dang, what do we do, folks? That's a good question. Asceticism. Uh, Amish, I think, are pretty pretty good. I mean, one limiting principle is just like one one craftsman, one product. Yeah, yeah. One craftsman, one product. No uh, crowdsourcing of. Yeah, no distributed labor. Yeah. Um, That's how it used to be. Yeah, for a while. Mar- markets were local, you know? Right, right. It's you have like you- a cobbler. Yeah. You have a... a, 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 a um, blacksmith. Iron blacksmith. One guy who cuts haircuts, Carpenter, but people haven't figured out how he gets his haircut because the office <laughs> razor. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he only cuts people who don't cut his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, what it, like coming up with the limiting principle is actually really difficult. It's why, like, it's why it's so good to argue from the like writing because it's like the basic technology. Yeah. Um, but I think it's basically just been used to increase the population. Yeah, yeah. Which is not good because then you have you just you slow evolution. Yeah, if if I mean. Yeah, you can't really reach a local maximum ever of of human needs and desire being like satiated. Yeah, if you don't have a cost function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're never gonna reach the, the local max. 
Damn. All right. You guys have any other? <laughs> should we, we should probably end on a it's... more positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long do we go? It's 11.15. Holy so shit, it's really? It's very late. Yeah, we've been like, we should end on a positive. All right, all right, all right. Let's think. That was useful, though. I learned a lot. Yeah, I hope I hope people like this one. <laughs> What's fun in today's world recently? I already talked about my bowl curtain idea. Yeah, the yeah, bowl curtain was a fun one. We should have ended on uh, that. Yeah, we need like a... What's our play out song today? Uh, dude, I haven't... Actually, I don't even know where my phone is. Okay, one more idea, because we started talking about it. Um, <laughs> uh, Will. Well, so uh, this might be kind of long, but bear with me. <laughs> make sure. it, try to make it short. I, I got to go to bed. No, 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 I know. Uh, so one thing that I think is interesting going on like in America right now is... Uh, there's like this so back like our grandparents right or mm -hmm. even their parents it seemed like everyone was more um what's it called like they they're they had a larger breadth of knowledge over like larger you know okay uh, a span of trades and stuff like this like everyone kind of learned how to like you know change their tire or change their oil or like fix the curtains in their closet or something yeah. like that um but now, a lot of those... Uh, I don't want like getting into a closet. <laughs> no, so, so I guess like a lot of the trades are, seem to be kind of becoming more rare. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean we should be pursuing those roles because they're going to become more lucrative? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea. Like people, I had a friend in uh, high school who was like uh, clearly a very good... Uh, technician or like a um, like he was always interested in engines and stuff like that he bought a jet ski and yeah, figured yeah. It out. and then he like went to ASU and got like a communications degree right and I try I try to tell him like you just go to trade school yeah yeah uh, yeah I think definitely people should be just going to trade school more. so it's like, like super stable like if you want to talk about AI having a job that's AI resilient it's I like you know, people talk about like uh, like com computational problems are like NP complete, which means that like can't be done with a polynomial algorithm. Mm -hmm. Like AI complete folding clothes is an AI complete problem. Like you can't really do fold. Right, right. Plumbing, I think, is like a really good example of an AI complete problem. Or like uh, like um, probably like car mechanics will be um, insulated from that sort of thing. Yeah, trade school for sure. But even something as simple as, as simple as like, like Troy and I were talking, like hanging up Christmas lights for like a month. Like how many people are even willing to do that anymore? Is at some point in 10 or 15 years, that's going to, you could just like make a year's worth of like a decent salary because no one's doing yeah. it and no one wants to hire. Well, like pool cleaning, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, how are people not doing that themselves? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's. Pretty simply, just add chlorine like once a week. Well, it's yeah, the idea yeah. of the gardener. Everyone the gar has a gardener. It's crazy. Why have a garden if you're not 
it's so crazy to me that someone would want to have a garden that they don't tend to. Right. But the progression was everyone used to do those things independently because they had ownership over like the land mm. and uh, like they were tied to it. And there wasn't like a market to outsource those jobs mm -hmm. in a way. But then as we got more specialized, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I need a gardener. I need a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is the reason why people were pursuing different forms of work is because they're more lucrative. But then as the demand for labor for those jobs like increases because less people are now doing those. Yeah, it then becomes more lucrative. Then it becomes, so is it going to go backwards is the question. Yeah, yeah. Are, are the most highly skilled laborers going to be farmers? At the end, the farmers drive the Ferraris. <laughs> that would be a sight. I'd like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was, I, I've been thinking this cause I am going to probably go into the pool business. Right. Um, but like other, other things you could do even just seasonally that, or like, you know, for an hour of your time, yeah, if you yeah. just learned one or two skills. Yeah. I mean, I think gardening is pretty easy. Like landscaping is not very hard. Um, I think like something like piano tuning oh, is yeah, something yeah, yeah. that still requires an apprenticeship. Yeah. Cause it's really hard. It's actually very, very difficult to do. Watch fixing. What? That's a great one. That's a great really one. Really intricate. I think that, yeah, like Small people scale. doing apprenticeships or like doing, doing, uh, you know, if you can join a guild of any kind. Yeah. If you're, if you're like occupation has a guild, I think you're on the right track. So but the American dream isn't isn't watch fixing that anymore it's not because those enough. cultivating it's, influence it's, it's it yeah more an influence yeah know. but it's it's so lame because uh you're probably gonna get a lot you're probably gonna be a lot happier fixing watches than oh, you yeah. will cultivating influence that's right true but that's glorified now yeah yeah so is there like it becomes more lucrative to do the less glorified things because less people are doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's why people are doing it for the money. And then but then at that high status and then all of a sudden it becomes high status. And then in which yeah. case it becomes glor will it become glorified again again? Or are those roles kind of always going to be psychologically I crippled? Think, I think maybe then I think the needle might be shifting for me at least. It's like, I'm a, uh, like I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, I think like sailors are pretty cool. I think fishermen are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you could go join the Dory Fleet over at the Newport Pier. Dude, I want to go when the fish market's ripping. For people. Yeah, I think I think that I think it's going to be. But it's like the issue is now once you already cross that point, like you can only kind of do these. You can only idolize these things as like a farce, you know, or you can only kind of do it in a way that's uh, that's like self-referential or, or ironic and so like it's uh it's kind of the same problem with like paganism <laughs> okay. where like now you can only worship wotan with like a hint of uh of self-awareness you know because it's like so fucking ridiculous but what if, what if it's not actually about uh the trade or what you're doing, Just but it's the about money. No, well, the money and what it actually like enables you to do as a person. So one of the reason I actually first thought about doing this switch from like a normal 40 hour, like 40 hour week, mm -hmm. like my, my process wasn't, I want to be a pool guy. That wasn't it at all. It was like, how do I buy myself more time 
to figure out like maybe what I should be doing because this doesn't like I don't see this scaling for like 20 years. Oh, so and this this seems to kind of also fit the influencer model where it's like you want to be an influencer because it gives you this freedom that you can only get through that venue so if all of a sudden those new trades or sorry the old trades are now branded in the same way where it's like it's not about the trade it's about the independence you're getting from them is that making it cool only if you have an instagram yeah (laughs) if you're the the mechanic with a tiktok yeah there are some yard cleanup guys that have like millions of subscribers on youtube Yeah. yeah they just mow lawns People they they yearn for manual labor. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like Minecraft. Or That's that why Minecraft gal- is so. uh, the gardening video game where you just mow lawns. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Some of the happiest uh, years of my life were spent things. mowing lawns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I even think that idea is probably an explanation for why we were drawn to like the white collar tracks that we were what pushed into, like. I mean, I'll give my own example, like, uh, like when you're growing up, your kind of parents are like, oh, yeah, you know, what you do is you study in elementary school to go to college, and then that will open up opportunities for good jobs that, what that means is like what is kind of glorified uh, both financially and like seen as a redeemable profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part is the money and also the status that you get with it. Mm-hmm. But if the money shifts then it's possible that the also the status shifts with it. Yeah, I could see that. Um, in which case, it's it's kind of not really about what you're applying it to in some ways. Uh, like you could be an aerospace engineer working on, you know, like the next satellite or rocket or something. But if you're not like being compensated proportionally to what like whatever status you're getting from it anymore because yeah. it's kind of... I think that the status afforded is partially because it signals intelligence, though. Right. And I don't think plumbing will ever signal intelligence. Yeah, but wealth does. So if you're a very successful plumber... Wealth does, but it, it in that case, it signals uh, intelligence only in the sense of, like, self-positioning, which is a, definitely, like, va- like, I think that is probably desirable... Well, that's why. Yeah, I, that's I think why that I kinda, still works. Yeah. I kind of related to the influencer because they're not really doing anything other than self positioning. Like they're, right, they're right, like right. intellectually, what they're just fucking hot and making videos or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Why? Well, I just don't view being an influencer as like that attractive. No, no, no. I, I mean, I don't either. But. But yeah, it is. That is where. It's at. Yeah. Right now. Uh, so the question is, can it be now perceived as the intelligent thing to do is like the self-positioning aspect, not necessarily what it's being applied to? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And then after the fact, some people might even start saying the application itself is like more. They just think, oh, this is what smart people do, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's I hope I hope that's that becomes the case, because otherwise we're not going to have a lot of watch repairmen. Yeah, or cobblers. Or plumbers, or blacksmiths. Yeah. It's forged in fire. 
kind of fortune and fire for, yeah forged in fire is maybe a part of this where it's like my blacksmithing is my now. sister's uh one of her friends older brother was on that yeah. show. yeah he's a smart man wait what is that show you make knives yeah you make it's like it's uh, blacksmith master chef for blacksmiths yeah and huh. now it's kind of a thing again even though it's like a totally antiquated thing it's like that's kind of maybe the needle shifting glass blowing i think there's one for glass blowing yeah yeah now. i bet yeah. Also, yeah, if you could, a lot of that is cool because it's so artistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think all of yeah, the you, trades can be artistic. You don't want to be the glass blower that makes light bulbs. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And like plumbing isn't very artistic, unfortunately. I mean, it probably is actually pretty artistic, but yeah. it's not in like aesthetically. In the, yeah. It not in the like usual way that people think about it. No, no. I mean, problem solving in general is like kind of an art. But yeah. When you're very constrained based on just like, yeah, the fucking pipe has to. Yeah, it's functional. <laughs> Pretty functional. Yeah. All right, we don't have to keep you up any longer, Troy. Yeah. Do you have a song? I don't have my phone. Will throwing me under the bus. Uh, <laughs> as if uh, he doesn't want to go to bed. Too. I do. I am pretty sleepy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, no, that's, I'm not on song duty tonight, am I? <sighs> I have a phone. Who? who oh yeah, I do. God, it. so how long was this recording? Was it two hours? I don't. I can't see. Must have been like two hours. Glory. I think it was like two and a half because the cameras die at two. Jeez Louise. I'll play a uh, Lord. Lord like the chick. Yeah. Love Lord. Sorry. I wonder what you're gonna play first. Better not be basic. Like an AI generated song. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, those suck. Is there a Lord AI? Probably. The Drake one was pretty faithful. Did you see the AI generated Bud Light commercial? No. It's really funny. <laughs> Have you heard this? Is this an AI generated no, Lord? What is this? Oh. I don't think I even know this it's, one. It's uh, Glory and Gore. Go, go. I'll be honest. I don't <laughs> think I know a it's single kind of related song. To what? Yeah, oh, she's great. Besides man. the one that like Randy did on South Park. I like Love Club and Sober. Wow. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, Royals. I know that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Royals. Ribs. Oh yeah, I've heard this one. Does this count as cool music? Did you just show us it? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Listen, I listen Keep to it away. The, the, people, the proletariat can't learn about Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll All right, stop cool. this. All right. Oh, dude. Holy shit. That was a long one.